Hey guys, Eric here, and I want to talk to you real quick about the dailydownforce.com. Every day, this website covers the latest news and trends in NASCAR, from silly season right through the checkered flag in Phoenix. Need a new morning routine as soon as you wake up? Well, now you have it, dailydownforce.com. This is the website I use to keep up with the industry, the drivers, and of course, what the community is talking about. And speaking of community, dailydownforce.com is also home to some of your other favorite NASCAR content creators. Plus, they've got all sorts of information that I like to keep bookmarked, like schedules, penalties, ratings, and everything you want to know. Oh, and be sure to check out the merch shop while you're there to find some exclusive diecasts and collectibles. So check out dailydownforce.com, that's dailydownforce.com, and I'll see you in the replies. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at polepositionmag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hey, y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. Wasn't so, the first deal they built, I bet. No, no. You know, you could, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped-up car, and he, he complained that the government gave him these piece-of-crap, cheapo cars and that, that were really no match, but he thought he was doing pretty good. And then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappeared. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And it, it, as he said, it was a game of chicken and I was a chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy still when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. <laughs> So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast.
Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Wednesday, my dudes. Hello. That was good, wasn't it? I, I didn't think Eric was going to that. something. Like that. Danny, what was that? Uh, for, for our pot, for our Spotify listeners, Danny, what was that noise? Oh yeah, because it was <laughs> definitely <laughs> me. It was usually, totally I do that. Me. I usually do that crap, but no, Eric, dude. <laughs> I, I oh, appreciate man. the commitment to it, Eric. Good job. Yeah. We're off Thank to a, a, a great start, but welcome everybody. <laughs> To the NASCAR Weekly Podcast, man, we uh, we got we got some good stuff to talk about here. We got a lot. Let me pull up the Darian. What would we call it? The famous itinerary. The famous, the famous podcast itinerary. itinerary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all jokes, aside, all, all jokes aside, we got uh, Richmond to go over this week. And even though a lot of people weren't crazy about it, Richmond has a lot to talk about this week for both Xfinity and Cup. Uh, so I guess we'll just break right into it, uh, Eric kind of start us off with uh, just Denny Hamlin finally breaking his horrid skid of like finishing 30th every week. Yeah. I mean, it feels like Hamlin's been out of sorts for over a year, but then we forget that just a few months ago, he was in the championship race. He was a part of the championship four, but this year, yeah, has been disastrous. He had yet to finish inside the top 10 through the first six races. Six. And, six yeah. yeah. And now rolling into Richmond, one of his best tracks. Really, like, we can put all the spotlight on Denny Hamlin, deservedly so. He and Chris Gabart played the right strategy at the end. They had the freshest tires, and they charged through the field in the closing laps. But Toyota, as a manufacturer, and more specifically Joe Gibbs Racing as a team, needed this weekend to go right. And I think overall it did. All four of their drivers finished in the top ten. They led laps. Truex won a stage. Uh, you know, It looked like Truex and Hamlin were both there with chances to win in the closing laps. So I, I think Joe Gibbs Racing has to feel pretty comfortable with how they performed, but Denny Hamlin especially. He was in contention all day. They finally put together a full, complete race. And I'm shocked. A race that had this many green flag pit stops and pit cycles, Hamlin didn't make any mistakes on pit road. What a, what a, what a thing. How, how about that? So just goes to show you, when they put a full race together, they still have the speed. Hamlin's still a great driver, and Gabe Hart's a top crew chief. Um, so uh, it was, I was kind of happy to see him win, and you could see the emotion once he got out of the car. That that looked like a guy who hadn't won in a while. And, yeah, I know he won a couple races late last year, but you could tell the struggles this season had, had added some pressure on him. 
Danny, I want to I want to hear uh, your take on Denny Hamlin beating a Hendrick car in the last five laps. Just uh, I feel you have, you'd have an interesting take it's, on that. That sounds familiar. It's it's very much ironic. It really is, especially considering how last year went for Hamlin. That and the fact that he dominated a good portion of it, and then Bowman backed into it there, and in a way, he kind of backed into this one. Can't say he can't say he didn't. Only led five laps. Yeah, the strategy, I mean, it just but played you know, in his, in his hey, it, it don't matter who it is. That whether it's my guy or Hamlin, he ran a smart race. They did exactly <laughs> what they needed to. Well, Darren, you mentioned the strategy game of it. Like, I I believe if I remember right, and I could be wrong, I believe Hamlin, when he first started that last run, was like. He was like he, seconds back. I want to say he was in. He was just barely inside the top ten. Like NASCAR made, made like a uh, social media post on their Instagram. I think they put it on Twitter as well and all their social platforms. But anyways, like he was like back in like ninth, and then just methodically worked his way in those final laps to get up all the way to first. And uh, yeah, I mean Hamlin through the first six races, not a single top ten. And then you're thinking, oh man, like he's. He's just struggling to barely stay inside the top 30 there. Like, what's going on? He was in the championship four last year. What's happening? And then all of a sudden, and now he's the he's the uh, the first and only driver so far this year over the age of 30 to win. He's like 41. And I was like, oh, yeah, Danny Hamilton is in his 40s now. Yep. That's crazy. It's crazy that to think about. does him. not look like it, but. Yeah, he, he really doesn't. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've been watching him since his rookie year in 2006. And, yeah, I mean, now he's back in victory lane now. But as for his, um, his the team he owns and stuff, that's a much different story, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at the guys who finished up front, it was veterans across the board. Harvick, of course, similar strategy, charged up to second. Truex was there. Yeah, he had young boy William Byron there in the top yeah. five. But the veterans, it was kind of – I titled my video the – the empire strikes back you've got revenge of the sith whatever you want to call it star insert star wars reference i, I, did, not, I, I did not expect you to have that as your title i was like oh okay <laughs> see i got i got mixed up i thought it was may the 4th you know may the 4th but no it was like april the 4th so i was like oh, a month early but that's okay and didn't Mike Joy during the race, like sometime he's like, here's Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin. Usually in other years, they would be competing for the win. And then in this race, they were, they ended up winning. So. It was like the reverse announcer's jink. But I'll be real, yeah. like that last run until I'd say 10 to go, like it was a possibility with what they were talking about was about 15 to go. But, but uh, with about 10 to go, I still thought it was Truex's race to lose. Like the way he yeah. was running down Byron. I thought there'd be just enough like lap traffic that maybe it would hold up Hamlin and Harvick and, and Truex could scoop by. But that kind of leads to kind of overall, we talked a little bit about it before, is that JGR and Toyota, they showed up. And they've shown up for some other races this year and not gotten the results, but they've also been off in other races, including Phoenix, which is the most uh, similar to uh, to Richmond. So I guess, Danny, kind of start us off like, do you think with this Joe Gibbs racing is kind of figuring it out or is this just a bread and butter track? I think it's just, it's, I think it's bread and butter. This is something that just plays well into the notes that they have in recent years, granted during the new car. So what good are some of those notes? But really I think what this gave us a chance to see was for the first time more than other tracks this season, it gave us that glimpse of the fact that more of these cars are a lot equal and it really did come down to the strategy each crew chief played in the end of this one, which was nice. It was kind of refreshing for us to see something like that, in my opinion. Yeah. I, don't know what, I don't know what you guys thought, but, I mean, it was nice to see that one more from the crew chief side than the driver's side. 
and it was also nice to finally see some, you know, some multiple green flag pit stops in a race. Like uh, before uh, the Richmond race and stuff, we only had like a few, but then all of a sudden, I think we had like four or five green flag pit stops during this. R- race. Richmond used to be kind of a wreck fest back in the COT days, but now it's really not. Doesn't get a lot of green flag laps yeah. at Richmond these days. It's a strategy track. I love it. I think it was, uh, I, I believe, and I hate to give this guy credit on the show, I think it was Nick Bromberg tweeted that that multi-car, like two-car accident this race was the first multi-car wreck at Richmond in like three years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, wow. it's usually pretty tame. Mm-hmm. But but to your question, Jared, or to your topic of Joe Gibbs racing, yeah, I mean, they were fast. I, I think all four finishing in the top 10 is one thing, but all four probably should have been in the top five. I think Christopher Bell ended up like six, and Kyle Busch was probably going to get a top five until that uh, penalty that we can talk about in a minute. So I think Joe Gibbs Racing has to feel really, really good. Now, 23-11, still mm-hmm. kind of a mess over there. Kurt bl- broke on lap four. Bubba was a no-show. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. If, if there are any doubts that the two aren't exactly the same team, that there is some separation there, I think <laughs> Richmond helped prove that it was night and day. But um, I think overall Toyota, they haven't been as off as I think people say they've been. Like people like to say Toyota has been way behind the, the Chevys no, and the Fords. No, the no Chevys way. have clearly been at the top, yeah. but like Toyota or Ford, take your pick. Like Truex or Kyle Busch was going to win that Las Vegas race until Eric Jones hit the wall with eight to go. So I, I think Joe Gibbs Racing has been in the ballpark, but Richmond was the first race this year where, where I thought, okay, they might be the best team today. And thank goodness, if, if they showed up to Richmond and completely laid an egg, been completely flat, that would have been concerning. As it is, I, I think the parody of the season is only going to continue. It still feels like it's anyone's championship or anyone's championship four. Like I still feel like we could see a, a championship four of like Kyle Busch, Larson, freaking William Byron, and Ross Chastain. Like that's the kind of madness we could see in November at this point. Well, we kind of talked about it a bit. Um, Darian kind of start us off. Kyle Busch penalized for tape on the grill. Like, I we even had some confusion in our chat where, like, I think like two of us knew it was a rule and two of us didn't. Where it was like, yeah, you can't put tape on the grill uh, anymore. And I don't think that's as much where the the controversy lies as much as the fact mm-hmm. that it took NASCAR, according to Kyle Busch's crew and crew chief, almost two hundred laps to find this. So kind of. Darian, just sort of spring us off into this, you know. Yeah, well, first controversy. off, that's ridiculous that it took that long. And and I was wondering when they uh, said it on the um, on the broadcast, like, oh, uh, the piece of tape. I'm like, wait, that little green piece of tape that they've had on for, like, the past 200, 250-something laps, now they're going to call it and stuff? But then Danny's video um, informed me of something that I hadn't even noticed, that um, I remember at Atlanta, you had uh, taken a photo or a video of um, Martin Truex Jr.'s pit stop um, at the Atlanta race, and I had noticed. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. They don't have NASCAR officials at every single pit stall anymore. So, yeah, about, like, and, about four to five now. Yeah, and I didn't know that. So I'm like, okay, that makes that makes more sense then. And then also, too, like, yeah, I had to take a moment, too, because I'm like, wait, they added that? And, yeah, apparently in the offseason they've added that. So it's been a rule for about a good six, six and a half months to be exact. And um, But, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like they have to do a better job, though, like some, you know, like with calling some of those, like, things or whatever. Because, like, if they would have called it early in the race, I think Kyle Busch would have been able to rebound and maybe he would have had a much better finish in the end. Because obviously calling it – yeah, yeah, it's still a good finish, still a good finish, but I mean, maybe could have finished a lot better because he, you know, would have had more time to bounce back and stuff, but when you call it that late in the race and stuff, and it's been on for 200 laps, like, I can understand their frustration. It's like, why didn't you guys pull us in, like, earlier? We've had, we've been doing this or whatever, but 
But yeah, it's, it's, just, it's like it's in the NBA call. when you're like intentionally fouling to try and stop. Mm-hmm. The, like, call it. I'm fouling I'm him. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, if I can segue back off that official thing, like that was my biggest thing I take away is the fact that why do we not have road officials like we used to? I, I don't. I guess it's it's obviously budget cut reasons. I'm sure. Yeah. But you know things are we're getting back to normal a little bit. Why don't we look at adding those back to being a regular thing? And I've seen someone say, well, they don't want them going over to pit wall and risking getting hurt. That's fine. They don't necessarily have to do that. Just have them where they, where they can observe the pit stop up close and know that you're not doing anything. And, you know, I was looking back at some of my video from Atlanta, just kind of like getting a better idea of the inside of the pit area. Most of the pit stalls did have a member of the fire and rescue team there, but they were ready in about every pit stall for in case of an emergency why is there not a pit road official there with more new rules to make sure that no one's just slapping a piece of tape up on the grill when they're not supposed to i don't know that's my biggest takeaway i feel like if we're going to have more new rules we need to have more than depend and especially with the way fox's coverage is more than depending on fox cameras to pick up that stuff what what was interesting and i'm pulling it i just pulled it up to make sure i get it right but nascar like i think either yesterday or whatever issued like an official report like an explanation as to why they waited so long to call it and they said that they noticed it about a hundred laps after it probably was put on and then the all the pit road officials and race control officials were trying to figure out how it got there like they wanted to make sure it wasn't something he just like ran over like maybe it was a piece Uh, of the tear off that he hit they wanted to make sure but that feels pretty easy i feel like your first thing would be to go rewatch the video i i would hope they have access to video of pretty much every pit stop i know the teams take video of their own pit stops um go back and watch the video of you know how many pit stops could you have done in 100 laps probably two at most go watch those two you know 15 second videos and see if they did it so it still feels like it should have been a lot faster as it was it took another probably it looks like they say 80 or 90 laps to finally confirm that oh yeah they put it on and that's why they called it so that could just be them covering their covering their ass a little bit but you know that's their explanation i don't know it's like you guys said they need more eyes and ears they need to be able to relay this information quicker in the moment or or else like why bother like if you're gonna have these very clear black and white rules and you still can't enforce them in a timely manner like what's the point like come on yeah well, I, the, I, the fact I, straight up screwed his race i mean yeah he, he, it I mean, cost him probably five spots he like, still got a top 10 but still yeah yeah that, that's that's anyway. the thing put it in perspective he still rallied a ninth what would he have finished without the I'm going to go in the top five at the very least. Might have even been contending for the win, you know, yeah. honestly. It depends on what strategy he was on because he was, I, I think he would have cycled out ahead of Hamlin um, based on where they were running before. So I can't, Was he on the Truex? I think he was on the Truex Byron strategy. So he probably would have finished right behind Truex. So probably fifth, I yeah. think. I may be wrong. It, it feels I, like <laughs> Kyle Busch's season is kind of like Jeff Gordon's 2010 season where it's just like the start of the year, Gordon was one of the fastest guys out there. It was just every other week, him and his team found a way to lose. Either the team screwed up, or Gordon had a bad restart, or a caution landed at the wrong time. It's like Kyle Busch, it's like exactly the same way, where it's like every single week it seems like he's up there, except Phoenix. And every single week he figures out how to either finish outside the top 10 or just like heartbreakingly close to a win, you know? Mm. Sorry, I know we saved these for a little bit later, but Ryan Sellers gave a super chat and said the window ten upstairs must have been too dark to see Kyle's tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and also they're saying to Eric Cuss, so you did it again. 
Oh, you cussed? I didn't hear that. I, I, I said ass. I, I mean, someone oh, said... Just, oh, oh, there you go. Someone said last week's podcast should be rated R. I believe the, the, the ratings allow one F-bomb on a PG-13 movie. So we were okay last yeah, week. Still we're fine. We're not rated R, bro. Hell yeah, for podcast's sake, like, to be like, yeah. not, not vulgar, I think it's like you were allowed one F-bomb. So Nice. Yeah. nice. Who gets it this show. week? Who wants it this week? Who, 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 <laughs> Dan and I turn? are pure. We have not, we have not been on the list. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's that's no pressure. Yeah. Knowing who I work for, you're probably not getting that out of me. <laughs> Either Anyway, um, but kind of just, you know, going back to the race itself, we talked a little bit about him. You know, Byron dominated at least part of the race. He, he was up front a lot, but overall HMS – Kind of seemed off and it was kind of similar to how they ran at phoenix as well so i'm kind of thinking you know we've talked a lot about how you know yeah well even though chase elliott hasn't won he's he's like up in, in top of the points and the other guys have all won um but where do you kind of gauge hendrick motorsports now knowing that in two races that are probably going to be the most applicable to the last two races the most important races of the year they've been off is it something to be concerned about or are we just you know is it something they're just going to build on from here and test on eric i want i want you to start this one off it's weird because if you look at those two races you mentioned phoenix and richmond like hendrick was still decent chase Mm -hmm. elliott was up near the front i think even bowman snuck into the top 10 yeah i mean i they were still relevant i think larson even finished fifth but like in the case of Phoenix, they were beat by a bunch of those other Chevys. Like Reddick was running better, Chastain was running better, a Briscoe and a Ford, of course, won the race. This week it was they got beat by the Joe Gibbs racing cars for the most part, with Kyle Bush, Hamlin, and and Truex running up front all throughout. So I wouldn't be too concerned yet if I'm Hendrick. It's still early in the season, and they have still won three races. Yes, not at the short ovals, but they've won three races this year and yeah. still been competitive at the others. But, but, but yeah, I, I, there is something to it. There is something I, interesting that they keep getting leapfrogged at these tracks. I, I can say it as the Hendrick fan. Uh, all the cars are doing good so far. We got Bowman statistically is having probably his best season so far. Four, yeah. four, four top tens, two top fives nearly two wins but one win and i think that's a really solid start for him i was looking at chase elliott's stats he's one top five four top tens nothing to be concerned about there's still a lot of tracks he he will probably get a win at um every, everyone else has one. a win um blaney he actually led the most laps in this yeah he one. did because a lot of people were drawing comparisons to him in 2004-ish ryan newman where he would get a ton of poles and then fall off in the race Mm-hmm. The thing about Blaney is, like, even when his car is good, his team lets that lets him down. Like, it's either that or Phoenix. the race just That's doesn't good. go his way. Yeah, pit crew choked him at Phoenix. Yeah. I think it was Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Those final few stops. Phoenix, oh, yeah. And he still led. I mean, he he led 128 laps. He still finished seventh. Actually, aside from Martin Truex Jr., he scored more points in that race than anyone. So, like, points wise. You know, I know it's probably too early to talk about points, but points-wise, it's like he's looking pretty good. I'm looking at, at how he's tied with Elliot, I think, for the points lead. Yes, isn't he? yes, yeah. 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 And, and, and a lot of that is from out. the a lot of that is from the early race success he's had so far this season. At those yeah, stages. it's points. It's just the thing is he. I mean, he just he he can clearly run up front all the time. It's just he just can't finish. He, you know, can can't be, close a deal. That's he's he's still he's still good to get to, get you top ten, maybe top five, but he's just not hitting on all cylinders to close out the races yet yeah but you know kind of sticking with blaney here uh another driver now is is 
going against Ross Chastain. And, you know, it is it is fun to talk about, um, you know, Chast- how aggressive Chastain might be or, you know, blaming him getting together. But I kind of – I have a, a two-pronged approach with this one. One, I, I'm kind of thinking – well, you know, Blaney's a pretty even-keeled guy, so it probably won't go anywhere. I'm not getting my hopes up just yet. I'm not going to be like the TV providers who are like, they're about to kill each other every week. They're going to knock each other's teeth in. They're going to fight. And, but nah. at the same time, Ross Chastain ain't getting any more friends out there. Like, I, I, think I at, love it. I think at this stage in his career, Chastain has to drive like this. He's worked really hard to get to where he's even at in the first place. And also, I kind of think Justin Marks and Pitbull lack of drivers like that a little bit. And honestly, like, this is exactly how Chastain's driven his whole career. I mean, having to, like, scrap and claw to get those top 20s back in the JD Motorsports days and then, you know, getting those opportunities with bigger teams. Like, remember uh, Xfinity Series when they got that first opportunity with Chip Ganassi and DC Solar um, at Darlington. Uh, you know, him and Kevin Harvick got into it and stuff, and they were kind of, you know, jawing at each other and stuff, like, you know, going back and forth. Uh, I, I like how Harvick said he's never going to get anywhere in, in NASCAR if he keeps driving like this. Well, now here is a cup series. Yeah, uh, but then he he did a complete, like, what is it, 180, right? Yeah, this and weekend. Then, <laughs> this last weekend, he was his comments about yeah Chastain. I think he mentioned Briscoe as well. He was almost complimenting them for being aggressive, saying that that's how they're going to have great careers i, I thought that it's, was really it's, it's, it's different when you're watching from afar and not being up there being the one getting shoved mm-hmm. but yeah I, I mean oh, oh uh, just one last thing just like but uh but watching the race watch him move blaney there for that uh, um i think it was what entering turn three turns three and four i think or mm-hmm. one of them but yeah. but now watching that i'm like dude chastain like hey you don't care man and he and he's hell and he's really competitive uh this year man so hey you I, better watch out one last thing, if I can say this, because we were talking about, you know, the Byron being good all weekend, but then the Lar- Larson rallied the fifth, Bowman rallied the eighth. I'm actually impressed for both of those two guys, because at one point, I think Larson was down like 31st. Bowman, I know, qualified 28 for something like that. He was actually a little bit lower than that. They were both looking pretty awful. At one point, both a lap down. And they, I don't know how they managed to do it, but I was actually really impressed by that. Yeah, and then by pick uh, back- completely tanked to chase Elliott. <laughs> well, we all did, because where was Reddick? Oh, Reddick was, like, was a no-show. Yeah, he was, he was like a no-show. He ended up at like, 10th or 12th, but it and was... And then uh, old yeah. Jeff Fabiano come in here and spanked us. Yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit more about the about Ross Chastain. Like, I, I'm going to start calling him the melon monster, because he don't care. <laughs> You'd think a week after Coda, he'd, like, maybe lay low. Like, no. I know I'm the aggressive guy, but, like, this week, maybe I won't push anyone around. Immediately, Blaney just makes a small mistake early in the race. Boom, next corner, you know. Mm. But what I'm surprised by was I was actually a little surprised that Ryan Blaney quickly paid him back. Like, that's what's going to take, I think, if, if – I think as fans, we enjoy seeing aggressive racing. It gives us more to talk about, more memorable moments. But I think a lot of the drivers do get frustrated by it, especially the veterans or the young guys who – I think Blaney's a fairly clean racer. At least that's, I feel like, the 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 – reputation he has some of them aren't as keen on this aggressive revolution and it's going to take some of those guys it's going to take matt kenseth stepping outside his comfort zone and and paying joey logano back it's Mm going to take a blaney punting chastain immediately to kind of maybe send a message that that's not going to fly like i I don't know i think it's going to be a losing battle i think ultimately with guys like ty gibbs and others coming into the the cup series over the next few years i think it's going to continue to be a a dog dog aggressive world but the fans win at the end of the day. That's, the that, is, that is true. But I just was surprised. I figured, I figured honestly, after he got bumped, I'm like, Blaney's not going to do anything. 
<laughs> like I didn't think he would. I, I was like, he's not going to pull an Ellen Monster. He did. And he did. He did. So maybe we'll see more and more of that. I, did. I think if Chastain wants to, Chastain's a fan favorite. And I think, I don't remember where I heard this. It might have been Jeff Gluck's podcast this week. It might have been a different podcast. I don't remember where I heard this this week, but somebody made the point that the reason Chastain is so well liked by fans is because he doesn't come across as hypocritical. Like he knocks people out of the way, but for the most part, at least, and maybe someone will point out an example. I'm not thinking of, but for the most part, when he's been punted out of the way or knocked out of the way, he doesn't complain about it. He he's says, like, oh, Hey, I, I did it, but I'm going to yeah. give it back to you. I think Absolutely. as long as, because he's going to get Blaney's the first of many drivers who I think is going to knock Chastain out of the way at some mm-hmm. point this year. And if Chastain starts complaining regularly, he's going to fall for, he's going to become the Denny Hamlin, the way mm-hmm. Hamlin, you know, gets booed <laughs> a lot of times. Like that's yeah. how, that's how yeah. that's going to change. You're, you're right though. I mean, Chastain is someone who it's, it's hard to not like him. Even, even at, at Coda, I should have been more upset at the way the guy I root for lost, but I can't be mad because I like Ross Chastain. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a feel-good story. And then when you see a feel-good story, you know, go from underdog to a potential championship contender somehow this year, I mean, and with a new team too, I mean, like, it's an all-around fan favorite. I love it. Yeah, I the thing that I think would really get fans, like, the thing, what would get fans against Chastain, I think, is... If, if it became, like, completely unwarranted, unnecessary contact, crashing people, whatever. And generally, while he does race people really aggressively, I can't think of a time where I'm like, why the hell did Chastain wreck someone on lap three, you know? like Yeah, he, he knows when to do it and when not to do it, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him, like, you know, do too many moves where it's like, yeah, like, why is he doing it at this point in the race? You know, now, for a young driver such as Ty Gibbs... We've seen, you know, him do that on lap four. So he still has some learning to do. But Chastain, I mean, I feel like he's already mastered this style of racing. Well, and, and I don't think that what he did to Blaney was that egregious. It's a normal no. short track move. It's just Richmond normally hasn't produced that. I think that's why people are so damn surprised. Um, so, I mean, I'm what I'm ex- excited for is to see when he has, like, nothing to lose, everything on the line, if he's, like, 20 points below the cutoff line at Martinsville in October – and it's like him and Elliot or him and Larson. Like then I'm I'm really gonna be interested in seeing how mm-hmm. the fan response is gonna be. Um, by the way, that was not a swear. That that second that, that that's mild. That doesn't count. We know you're no, good. I, you're I, fine. I'm getting called, I'm getting called out for for not you know for swearing even though I didn't. Um, but you know we talked about him a little earlier with the Chastain deal back in 2018. But Kevin Harvick like actually showed up this week. Again, it it wasn't like, you know, oh, he shuffled himself up there. He was one of probably the five or six best cars out there. And he actually, for once this year, got the finish he deserved for running that way. So, Darian, kind of lead us off. Uh, Do you think, you know, because everyone's been talking how off Harvick's been the last year and a half, and he really hasn't. He's actually been really consistent. He just hasn't won. Do you think that we're going to kind of see not maybe a 2020 Kevin Harvick, but at least more of a kind of resurgence Kevin Harvick I guess to start off that just speaks to you know the standard he had set you know since joining Story Haas winning a championship his first year and then like you know when they made the transition from Chevy to Ford he was winning all those races and then winning nine races in 2020 unfortunately not making the championship four but yeah I mean he's been consistent I mean he hasn't been terrible and stuff too now if he you know missed the playoffs entirely in 2021 it would be a much different story but I'm like He's running about 
sort of the same that he did last year. It's just like he wasn't, you know, it just wasn't competing for a whole lot of wins here and there. But I mean, it's good to see him, you know, front up front up there again and stuff, you know. And and again, like I, you know, as a as a, um, a NASCAR fan and stuff, as a racing fan in general, I love seeing you know records being broken and you know different marks being set. Like as of this like podcast, I mean, how many career wins does Kevin Harvick have? Like what in the fifties, right? Fifty eight. Like, yeah. 58. Yeah. So fifty eight. I mean, I'd like to see him get to sixty, you know, eventually oh. and stuff, and yeah, potentially maybe he could do that this year. To, you know, judging from the Richmond run, but yeah, we'll have to see. We'll see how the season plays out. I mean, part of it's like you get scared, you start thinking of. Jimmy Johnson from late 2017 to 2020. I mean, Johnson had a few good runs in 2020 where it looked like he could get the win, but didn't. So, you know, we might be starting to enter that period with Harvick. I mean, he's been racing for a long time now at this point. I mean, there's some similarities. I mean, Jimmy Hendrick Motorsports 2018, 2019, that was kind of their down years. So Jimmy Johnson, maybe a little past his prime. Car's not great. Didn't win. Harvick, he's good still i think he's still really good obviously but he is probably past his prime just a little and the shr team they're not as good as they were two or three years ago not even close so there are similarities there i think harvick will win another race i don't think 58 will be what he ends his career with but you know the days of eight and nine wins are behind i was just looking up his stats because you know aside from 2018 when he won eight races big three and then 2020 2020 when he won nine you know, almost his whole career he's you know two three four wins a season yeah, at most. Right that there. could be what we see this year i think he wins i think he I, could easily win two races i would say granted we don't know when he's gonna call it quits i would say it's possible for him to get five more wins in his career I don't think 10. I think, I think it's, it's not definitely not 10. Yeah. I don't think he'll retire. Like when he retires, I'd say I could see him with like around 65, maybe 66 career wins of maybe, you know, around that area, but like nowhere, like not 70 plus, you know, like, like he's, he's still gonna be good, but I do fear that 2020 was peak Kevin Harvick. Yeah. That'll probably maybe, And uh, you know, kind of looking at those stats that he has like 2021 hit, he didn't win, yes, but he had ten top fives and twenty four mm-hmm. top tens. Like, and he finished fifth in the points. Too. He's he's had a streak since two thousand fourteen. Every year he's been with SHR, he's had double digit top fives, and he has had twenty or more top tens. Actually, the worst amount of top tens he got in a season was his championship winning season in twenty fourteen. <laughs> yeah, to, of all seasons. I want to point something out. I talked about it before the season, and you know, it, it kind of seems like a, a meaningless stat with it. He currently is six races away with uh, if he finishes on the lead lap, six races away from tying and seven races away from breaking Jeff Gordon's lead lap finish record of 588. Wow. So I think it, it, it proves too how like relatively competitive he still is. He, I mean, to finish on the lead lap in a lot of cup races nowadays, whether it's through attrition or through like a really dominant car, is still really impressive. He's finished. Uh, on the weed lap in all but one race this year. And for the last four straight years, it's been 30 or more, which means six or less, which like last year, four, the year before three, only only seven races or eight races since 2019 has Kevin Harvick not been on the weed lap for. So like, mm-hmm. he's still wow. really competitive. I, I, just, I just think it's that it's kind of the way that fans judge years now based much more on wins. I just don't think he's being appreciated for how good he is. I still think that if that team course corrects just a little bit more, he could be an outside championship contender, especially with Phoenix being the last race. 
Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. I agree. No, he's not out of it. I think last year, no, he it was pretty clear early in the season. SHR had no chance of rebounding to that extent. But this year, no, they are certainly still in the ballpark. And I'm just laughing at NASCAR underscore nine in the chat. Now, obviously, Chase Elliott fan here, but he says Kevin Lethargic, Happy Meal Harvick, Steve Harvick. So the Harvick hate in our chat is alive and well. So we get all the super but, chats too. But but then, but then he immediately followed up with Ty Gibbs early Sunday favorite. We'll get to that, but kind of. Yeah, we'll get to that yeah. in a bit. But I guess, you know, listen, we, t- we talked about this before the show. We've talked about this the last four, talking about, you know, just overall with races and the broadcast. I don't want to go too negative in- with this tonight, and I'd rather want to talk about actually the really big positive. And I had brought this up before, and I'm so glad that Fox went with it. Having Chad Knauss in the booth, in a- and-, and it just so happened to be a very strategic-filled race. That was the perfect one for him. That was perfect. Perfect. I, and I, I, I want to ask you guys, would you be okay? What, like, what booth would you want uh, with Mike Joy? Because I know we're kind of iffy on, I, on Boyer. Okay, I will say this. As good as Knauss was, he is full-time of Hendrick, and so is Gordon. I want them to stay full-time of Hendrick. So that's that's all well, I'll say. Gordon was full-time with Hendrick even as a, as a broadcaster as well. well yeah, yeah, but now they have more roles where I think they're better to stay committed to that part of it. Me personally, I would love to see Tony Stewart. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Tony Stewart full-time in the booth with Mike Joy. I mean, like his insight and then obviously, you know, him calling out NASCAR whenever he wants to is absolutely spectacular. And then I guess like, you know, you know, yeah, we're kind of iffy on Boyer and stuff, but if I were to replace him, you know, I would put, I would probably put Larry Mack back in the, in the booth uh, with, with Stewart and Mike Joy. That's, nope. that's probably my choice, at least based on the people we've had this year, be Joy, Stewart, and McReynolds, because mm-hmm. you still need someone. My problem is too many folks in the booth this year, Kenseth, Knaus, even Danica, they just, they sound a little afraid to speak. And, and Tony Stewart fits in this category as well. He's very monotone, kind of lurking in the background. And I think that's fine for middle portions of the race, but there are moments during the race where contact, dramatic yes, finish, and they kind of shrink. You go back and listen to DW in his prime, Larry Mack in his prime, with Mike Joy. Yeah. And it's it's a beautiful, I mean, it, they, they paint a beautiful picture. They add to the experience. And I haven't really gotten that from most of the people in the booth this year. But uh, I think Larry Mack would be able to do that. So I think Larry Mack, Tony, and Joy would be a, would be awesome. Just I I actually really in twenty ten uh, that that finish always always like it'll always irk me that fi- just the, the I've I've brought Wait. this up before the commentary of that finish always irks me oh, because yeah, Mike Joy is giving this great like they're coming to the line side by side you just hear Daryl <laughs> Waldrop oh! <laughs> like I love DW crescendoing. Go back and listen to it. Like, like go back thinking of that and watch that finish like after the show, and you will never see that finish the same way again. This is the one with McMurray and Harvick. Yeah. Yes. We're just okay. It's it's been a while since I watched that. I need to watch it. Yeah. DW just goes. (laughs) That was the turning point. That was the halfway point of his broadcasting career, and it was that was that light bulb moment. I'm like, I'm not as big of a Daryl Walter fan as I used to be. (laughs) I always thought that when. Loose wheel left us. We lost DW's edge. <laughs> no, but it, um, going, going, going back to the question though, I out of the ones we've seen so far, I actually quite liked Kenseth the best personally. That's me. I don't know why. Just something about him I liked. But I would like to see him. He was there in that same race. I would like to see for a full race, Mark Martin 
get a chance. To oh win. yes, yes. I yes. don't know if he would do it for a full season, but I would like to see Mark Martin get a chance to show us what he's got for a full race commentary. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd like to see Martin before I could fully judge him because when he was in the booth, it was really fun to listen to. For me, just because I like the lead commentator to like have a handle on the broadcast, especially at the end, I I would like to have two that sort of go back a little bit um, when it comes to the end of the race. So I I would go, you know, obviously Mike Joy, though if if this is like after his career, because let's be real, the next five or six years he's probably going to step down i'm being very mm-hmm. generous there yeah um so mike joy uh chad canals just because i loved his insight and how in-depth he went with it and it made it feel like a professional broadcast and someone who could be at the professional level mike joy is and then matt kenseth just because yes he did kind of be a little bit of a recluse at different points of the race but i love his dry sense of humor and that's the kind of humor i would love in a nascar broadcast yeah i was just Curious, I started looking into it, and uh, Mike Joy is actually 72 years old, which is the same age that Daryl Waltrip was when he retired from broadcasting. And then I was looking up uh, Mark Martin's age. He's 63 years old, and ironically, so is Larry McReynolds. So they are still at an age where they could carry commentary commentary for a good longer portion of time if they still wanted to. I just I love that moment where they're where Chad Canales is like. Yeah, you you know I don't I don't know like if if I'd uh, you know be too worried about a long run here. Usually at the start of the last stage, there's a caution within the first ten laps from people in the middle of the pack, and then it's like it was yeah. like the eighth or ninth lap. There was a caution, just like he called it. Yeah, and, and like Clint Boyer became. I, I feel like like I don't know. Maybe one of you guys said this too, but I felt like Clint Boyer completely self owned himself without even realizing. <laughs> He's like yeah. these are my notes. Hurt, 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 hurt. <laughs> and then it's like Chad Canales is sitting there with an encyclopedia of yeah, well, like, notes. Well, like, if, 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 he, if you notice, he called it, it must be a crew chief thing because Larry McReynolds about calls that every time too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a crew chief thing. I definitely. think I think it's just, you know, because Mike Joy, uh, it, I could you could make an argument like between like him, probably Ken Squire, uh, Alan Bestwick, you know, Bob Jenkins. Between those four, you could make an argument one for that that could be your Mount Rushmore, but two like for best NASCAR announcers. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's mm-hmm. set. But I just I love somebody actually being at the same level as Mike Joy for once, and not just making it a clown show. Yeah, yeah. so refreshing. Come on, Fox, take notes. It's like I don't think Clint Boyer is as clowny as he's been made to be. I think Fox actually has him they're, over-emphasize it. They're, they're over-emphasizing it because, like, I feel like, yeah, he has a lot better insight than, you know, what the broadcast, you know, leads you to believe. And then, you know, the same thing with Larry Mack, too. Like, I mean, I like his role and all, you know, and stuff, you know, but he's done some stuff for Fox Sports in the past, like these little promos and skits. I'm like, why do you put him in these, like, things or whatever? Let him do his thing. You know, talk about the racing and stuff, you know, yeah. in a serious aspect. If you go back and watch some interviews of Clint Boyer from like back in like 07 when he was, you know, winning the Bush Series championship, he was a very serious guy, actually. He did not mm-hmm. seem like the same Clint Boyer that you that I think Fox makes him come across as. Yeah. But you could uh, he was hired to be entertainment. Like like you said, Jared, he, he dunked on himself when he said, This little whiteboard here with nothing on it, that's my notes. He's not taking notes. He's not supposed to. His role yeah. is to play a character, and that's the problem. And that—that's yeah. a decision that I think was made by the by the producers. Uh, yeah. 
Nah, I I just I, I wanted to put a spotlight on that because there's so much wrong with the Fox broadcast this year. It's like when they do something right, I want people to say, "Hey, you did something right," and not just sure. like, "Yeah." I don't want it to. I never want it to wash into the rest of the, you know, rightfully so criticism. Uh, but you know, no matter what they did, either way, like. It didn't affect the ratings badly at all. No, I'm shocked. Yeah. yeah. What were the ratings? I mean, go ahead. I'm, I'm just I'm just curious. Do these ratings factor in pre-race stuff, or is it just can you skip that and still count? <laughs> just the race itself. That's not, man. Uh-uh. Clearly, the, the watermelon seeds get didn't scare that many people. Thank away. goodness. I Thank missed goodness. that, and, like, I just see Twitter uh, blowing up, and I'm like. Nah. I, dude, I, I, I saw it, and I was just like, guys, Let's, this is. Yeah, uh, let's let's talk about the something positive. We could, we could fill another rating. hour of the yeah, show. If we get yeah, off yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not go overboard. Well, looking at the ratings, they like I said, they were pretty good. A two point three rating for this race with three point nine five eight million viewers. Uh, looking at some numbers here, it was up twenty seven percent in ratings and viewers over Bristol Dirt, which was race seven last year, which was a Monday was on race, a Monday. but it was also much higher than the last couple Bristol races around mm. that time. Uh, and then looking at it compared to the last Richmond race, it was up 15% in ratings and 19% in viewers over the last Richmond race. And here is the one that I think is, is the most interesting because this compares it to Bristol and Texas, which for some reason, Texas draws in viewers. Uh, it was the most watched it was the most watched seventh race of the season since 2017 by 8% and was almost close enough to be the first race since then to be over 4 million viewers at race seven. It was also uh-huh. more viewed than the fifth and sixth races of 2021 as well. Uh, so pretty good news there. I will point one thing out. I love the framing that, that Adam Stern put on it where he's like, Overall, ratings this year are up 16% over last year in the first seven races. And it's like, you know, the, with, that's counting. Daytona rain, was rained. Yeah. yeah. Was Bristol was rained. Like, okay, yeah, oh, it's still good. But like, yeah. The yeah. ratings, I will say this year, have been trending upwards uh, comparatively. Over knock on wood. Races. Knock on wood. Rain has been good so far. Yeah, I mean, you pointed out that you mean most watched race number seven since 2017. So this is the most watched race seven in the post Dale Jr. era. So yeah, I'd say hey, that's a win. That's that's, that's a solid. W. Yeah, that's great. So that Jesus, I forgot 2017 is five yep. years ago. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. feels like yesterday. And we've made it. Our boys were retired from being competitive in 2017, yeah. and we're still here. <laughs> yes. We, 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 wow, we've really been doing YouTube that long. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, so good, good stuff there overall. Um, you know, I don't know how much more we really have to add to it. When there, it's good to see good ratings on it. I'm just, I'm so glad the pre-race show isn't scaring too many people. Yeah, and that that was like my main concern. I put, and I put something on Twitter. I was like, is this like kind of hurting the appeal? But then I, I mean, to an extent, it's not. But, you know, but no. best thing I can tell people. Play a video game before the race starts and turn the race on. Yeah, racing has just been so good this year. They'll sit through anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, that's how good the racing's been, you know. But you know, I guess like the a question we could be asking is, could it have been up even more if it, you know, like if it were taken a little more serious too? I mean, that's, that's what I, mean, I, I wish there could be an actual like i wish we could get data on like you know what portion of nascar's existing audience mm-hmm. likes the current 
pre-race and Fox coverage versus what per- I wish there was a way to measure like potential NASCAR fans. Well, how what, how do they want broadcast? Let's ask broadcast. the NASCAR fan council. <laughs> let's not do that. No, let's not do that. that. Do you uh-huh. like when we have silly skits on our pre-race shows? <laughs> there is a pre-race show or do you like not watching NASCAR? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it'd be phrased. <laughs> that would be phrased that. I don't know. It's just, again, you know, again, I'm happy the ratings are, you know, up and stuff. I mean, that's good. But again, you know, the presentation is something that I feel like just, you know, needs to be looked at. You know, I'll put it like this. Like, I don't know. Whenever I see these skits, you know, popping up on the pre-race show and stuff, when I'm trying to, you know, to find out about, you know, insightful stories about, you know, the drivers and stuff. Like that interview they did with Ross Chastain talking about how he had to come up and stuff. That was awesome. I'm like, dude, yep. yes. Can it mainly focus on that? But but whenever these freaking skits are playing, I'm like, it, it feels like it's like uh, it's like some sort of ha- uh, some sort of high school talent night to me. It's just yeah. it, why are we like like why are we doing all this stuff? Like you guys obviously like that's not your your thing. The, you know, like, the same effort that went into filming Watermelon Seed Man could have been put into bringing in. AJ Allmendinger to ask like what really did it feel like to finish yeah. second in that race? They they could have they could have asked him like hey like like what was the deal with you and Chastain there because they were teammates like that could have been like an interesting story to play during the pre-race show but they didn't they chose or, or get the yeah. get the POV of, of Allmendinger Bowman all the ones who was up there at the end of yeah. it yeah I, I don't want to go I don't want to go on and on about this too no. too much but again just like uh, you know ratings are up that's great but again let's you know the, revisit the, the presentation. Test. I think will be this week with Martinsville being on FS1. because it's on FS1. I was about to say. I, I think that's going to be the and, real test right there. And it being on Saturday night, whereas most NASCAR fans usually know mm-hmm. race on Sunday. Yeah, the... yeah, that's that's what I'm going to be interested in. If like if the ratings go up with it switching to FS1, and then I believe after that it's like Bristol and Talladega back to back, I'm going to feel pretty comfortable, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know what else I felt comfortable with? On, let me pull up just to be sure. <laughs> we tee you oh, up, man. The pole, the famous iceberg pole. <laughs> we tee no, it, no, I, I'm good from now on. It's no, time for, no, no, guys, it's time for pole. <laughs> pole, the famous iceberg. No, because remember, I messed up when I hosted, so I just Bro, wanted to be I, sure. I, we tee you up every week. Yeah, I just <laughs> wanted to be sure this time, though. I was like, wait a minute. Anyway, yes, the the, the pole is this week. Um, as it is pole? every week, pole. Uh, pole. And. Looking at the poll right now, uh, we had 13.6 thousand votes this week. 37% of you, or uh, 12% of you said it was a great race. 37% of you said it was a good race. So 49% positive. First race this year, we've had under 50% positive. Uh, Most of that went to the average category of a 41%. Uh, 6% said below average, and 4% said bad. Looking right now at some of the comments, the top comment at the moment is from Doc underscore Lightning. It was a good race. I love seeing the, all the tire strategies throughout the race. It was refreshing to see since we didn't see as many of those anymore. Solid 7 out of 10. Uh, Bobby Blair says, that was a classic strategy race. Solid racing throughout the pack. Passing was hard, but not impossible. It was just classic short track racing. Honestly, kind of refreshing that we actually got an interesting strategy race with a thumbs up. Uh, and then the 
third comment, and then I'll start going through some other ones from Bmaster45. I usually don't like the races like that, but it was very strategical. I liked seeing the different strategies play out. So we, if you compare this from how we talked about races back in, in 2018, uh, strategy is now in fashion. <laughs> Looking at some of these other ones. Ooh, ooh, this one draws my attention. Ice car. Uh, it says, great race and great green flag racing. No caution, uh, no caution and uh, yellow flag restart, but clean green flag with green, uh, with green flag pit stops. So there's so many like of the same words. So many. Green, 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 green. I just can't green, read green. well. It, English is still difficult. Uh, Eric, what colors behind Eric? I, I, I'll be real, well, green. Sorry, Are you colorblind? No, I did. I did. Oh, I know me. people who are, but no, I did. I didn't have the tab up. I'm reading. I'm reading from a different one. Um, but yes, yeah, so I see what Ice Car is saying. Um, I swear there are negative ones. Trust me, there were plenty of negative mm. ones that no, they did yeah. that. Uh, Chuck says I didn't agree with the call to stay out from the 24 team. I felt they should have pitted, and they honestly would have locked in the win. I think they, you know, yeah. they could have, but that strategy almost paid off. Like, it was close. Yeah, it was, I mean, five they, lap shorter. they just need, yeah, just, I mean, because he lost the lead with what, five or four laps to go. So, yeah, he was yeah. close. I see this man in the chat here that uh, Charles Peterson Jr. is talking about says, We're never going to hear the end of this from Denny Delivers. No. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I, I'm looking for the negative ones, I swear. Those ones are always the funny ones. <laughs> well, Denny Delivers is actually relatively tame, surprisingly. I didn't hear too much from him about this one. I mean, he was he was going crazy on Twitter. He's like, in the yeah, chat right won. now. He's like, we won, we won. This one's a little less I'm... positive here. Drew Drew Mobley says uh, the tire strategy saved that race. They made it interesting. Yes, I was just gonna say that. Like, if, if you know, thanks, thanks, you know, um, because of the whole strategy part, you know, aspect during that race and stuff. Like, it got me more invested. But I'll be honest, there were parts where I'm like, you know, during stage one and two, where I'm like. Oh, like, come on, guys, do something. I mean, I do appreciate the green flag racing and stuff, and they're racing, but me personally, Richmond, it's just not, it's not necessarily my cup of tea, though, you know. Uh, 48 Nation says, unexpected ending, but mostly an average Richmond race. The crowd mm -hmm. and the racing says to me that this race deserves one date moving forward, to be honest. Um, I mean, you know, Chicago land sitting there. <laughs> yeah, that's sitting there. Robert, yeah. I'm just saying, ISC on some both. Anyway, yeah. um, Looking at some Proper of these other ones. Off. <laughs> we didn't get a like how even in your fantasy it's still going away. Yeah. <laughs> I've accepted it. I've I've accepted that Chicagoland and, and Joliet, they just it, it won't mesh, but we need a proper send-off. We need a full weekend. We're done rain. There isn't the storm of the century rolling through. And the and the campgrounds don't sink in, right? <laughs> yeah, and there's not like basically a side sideways facing tornado rolling in. You know, uh, stop. <laughs> Those are the streets. worst. And 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 if they have the Ferris wheel again, don't run it during a uh, a lightning delay. <laughs> you guys, you guys would honestly got to be so surprised at how many times we've had giant ass storms coming. Again, not a cuss word can say that, and they just rotate on their sides. It's like, like keep I going. Met <laughs> Wallace in a storm, basically, back in two thousand seven. Like it's 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 actually a pretty interesting story. I should tell it sometime. Not today though. Nice. Um, Do it in a video. You'll make money off of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the important thing. Uh, Sunshine Cool Water says, "Felt like a marathon. NASCAR really needs to cut the length of some races." Real Radman will be a fan of that. Um, <laughs> let's go to some of the bottom ones because those are always comedic. Um, and then I'll and then I'll. So Tommy Wilson has a one-word uh, description. 
says boring. Aww. Um, Brandon Ferris says, a good finish can't save what a crappy race this was. Honestly, <laughs> it was so boring, I decided to switch and watch most of the Portland versus LA Galaxy. Was, oh, like that's soccer. Um, yeah. Oh, MLS. You watch soccer? MLS. Oh, no. <laughs> Cito, the, the, you can tell this is right after the race. Cito Brown, I hope he fails uh, post-race inspection. Well, he did. <laughs> he did not. Uh, Owen Roberts, second sucks. Joe Gibbs, fan, boring as hell. Uh, but he's not as much a Joe Gibbs fan as a Truex fan, so I can understand why he's saying that. Um, a lot of other cuss words in there. All right. Now I'm going to read you you guys off. I want you to say positive or negative. First comment from William Anderson. Oh, negative. Negative. Positive. Negative. Eric. Yeah, it okay. says negative, too. It's one word. Mid. Oh, okay. That's okay. It was in the mid. That's li- okay. <laughs> so it, it's, that's, yeah, it's that's literally it's literally mid. It's literally neutral, right yeah. on the fence. It's neutral. So it's neat. Uh, it's not. So we're all wrong. <laughs> I framed that up so well. I was like, yeah. Is this be good? Anyway, yes. Thank one? you guys all for voting on the poll. There will be a poll more hopefully at the end of the Martinsville race. Depends on what the Wi-Fi looks like because I'm gonna be out there this weekend. Um, but I'll put it up. ASAP after the race, so be sure to vote on that, and we'll just do that the rest of the year. It's pretty fun with me. Uh, nice. But Cup wasn't the only one. I know we went on for a while about then about that one, but Cup wasn't the only race that happened this past weekend. We had the Xfinity race, and I just want to get right into it. Eric, you talked to him. You you posted that today. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the question out there. Fair or foul with t- how Ty Gibbs raced his teammate John Hunter Nemechek. So it, it reminded me in a, a lot of ways of how the end of, I think it was 2018 fall Martinsville in the cup series played out with Truex leading, um, or I'm sorry, Logano leading Truex catching him, racing him cleanly for a number of laps, eventually completing the pass in the very next corner, got bumped out of the way and Logano beat him for the win. Um, Logano didn't wreck Truex. He just bumped him out of the way. And I said at the time, you know, that, it's short track racing. It, I guess all is fair in short track racing, but it felt like kind of a cheap shot. The guy raced you clean for 10 laps and you had to immediately knock him out of the way. That's kind of how this Ty Gibbs incident with John Arnimacek felt. I know they made a little bit of contact earlier in the run when they were battling each other, but Gibbs ran a great race, was leading. Nemechek eventually was able to run him down. Gibbs made a couple mistakes, allowed Nemechek to sneak by pretty cleanly and then almost immediately use the bumper and then as John Nemechek said missed the corner and just drove through him in the final turn I thought the initial bump and run to get alongside Nemechek was perfectly fair I thought that's short track racing and you come to expect that from Ty Gibbs especially in the closing laps I think most any driver should do that in that situation you'd expect it but I think three and four driving up the track basically completely taking Nemechek out of contention I, I thought that was pushing it like that i think if you're john or Nemechek, you have a right to be upset and i know people are going to say Nemechek's done stuff before but in that moment in that instance in this race i feel like ty gibbs got the final shot in on Nemechek, and Nemechek never really had a chance to defend it so i understand him being frustrated but i also understand ty gibbs as as he told me this week you know a win matters a lot and even though he's not part-time anymore he is full-time racing these these guys every single week he's also racing for a championship and five playoff points is, are valuable to win, winning these races. So um, th- there's a fine line to walk. I think this was on that line, but it's a short track. I- I'll cut him some slack. I certainly think three and four was a little far. I would have liked, he runs up a little bit into him, fair enough. But 
running him completely up basically three lanes higher. I don't know. To me, that wasn't great. That, that, that was a little bit of a cheap shot. I think anyone could admit that it was, it was a little cheap. Danny, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. It, it was fair to a certain point. Definitely everything except for kind of hitting him on the door was fair. But uh, at the same time, I, I did see some people say that uh, they didn't understand why people was mad about Ty Gibbs' move when Chastain kind of won in similar circumstances. But I don't know. You can compare apples to oranges there all you want. But in the end, uh, Ty Gibbs probably wanted it more. So that's all I can say. The reason fans are mad at Ty Gibbs more is because, like, I mean, this is another, you know, sort of thing. I mean, obviously, you know, the Las Vegas incident with Ryan Seek um, turned some fans off from him, I guess. I mean, he did apologize. I mean, he he did talk to Ryan Seek, you know, straight up, man-to-man and stuff. Like, hey, you know, he explained his side of the whole deal and stuff. And uh, But, I mean, like, when, when it comes to the Richmond thing, just, you know, that Richmond finish, um, I mean – hey, sometimes things in racing are unfair. You know, hey, sometimes you'll get moved out of the way for a win, especially at a short track such as Richmond. And, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I understand, you know, John Hunter Nemechek being upset. It's like, yeah, he raced him clean and stuff. And, it, you know, it looked like he was about to score the victory there had he not, you know, moved him out the way. Um, the first bump and run um, when um, coming off of turn two, I thought, yeah, that was fair. But then to Eric's point, with you know, that's way different than, you know, the turn three, you know, um, the turn three move when he just, you know, moved him. What was it like two or three lanes up? You know, that's yeah. right. I, I can understand. I can understand why some, you know, fans were mad at that move and stuff. And, but I mean, you know, it, again, it goes back to that interview you um, had with him recently, Eric. I mean, sometimes, I mean, he even said like, Hey, sometimes you have to be selfish and stuff. And, you know, he is racing for a championship, you know, he, you know, he needs to secure those playoff points. I get all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just the way it goes in stock car racing. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you'll have those moments, but I will talk about this for a brief moment. Like, yeah, some, some, the whole argument where it's like, well, didn't John or Nemechek like run Cole Custer off the road at Canadian time? I mean, like guys, like, what was that? 2015, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's learned from that and he'll probably never do that again. But yeah, you know, Ty Gibbs, uh, you know, I, I had said after the Vegas fiasco, you know, with Ryan Sieg, like, yeah, he still has to learn when to race aggressive and when not to. I feel like he is, and, you know, maybe this might be a lot. I mean, he still won, though. That's the thing. So it's like – It's, I, it's I hard to take this as, like, yeah. a learning experience when he's that's winning. What that's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. We were talking won. about this before the show. Like, it's tough. Like, like I think Ty Gibbs, he's learning a lot, but it, it is hard to, to have those, like, heart-to-hearts with a guy who's just winning everything. He's won seven yeah. of his first 25 – Yeah. He's winning like, at Kyle like, Busch level. Who can tell him yeah. anything, you know? Yeah, Toby, who can tell him not to do what he's been doing, you know? Like, Toby Christie told me that it was that makes Ty Gibbs winning 28% of his Xfinity races so far in his career. That's crazy. You know, that's crazy. I mean, he's been, I mean, he's been spectacular since entering the, I mean, again, won on his debut at a freaking road course in 2021. I mean, that well, says it all right there. It will be very hard to see him not win this championship this year, in my opinion. Yes. I, I, but I will say that at the same time, you know, I, I'm not discounting whatsoever how talented he is, but JGR, like the car is like, you know, I was looking in here. I want to ask you guys just as like kind of a, a, not a trick question or poll question, but how many laps did a non JGR car lead in that race? And if you know, don't answer, but just take, 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 take I, a wild guess. I, I think I, kn- I think I might know. 69. Nice. But no. One. Yes. <laughs> wow. Josh Barry. 
They led, yeah, wow. they led 249 laps between Ty Gibbs and John Hunter Nemechek. It wasn't even close. So it's like... And Josh Berry only led because of pit stops? Is that what it was? Yeah, and I think it was maybe or maybe like a caution or something. Is just how they how they, you know, shuffled out. He beat someone to the line on a restart. You know? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. But it's like, it, you know, I'm gonna be really interested to see when Ty Gibbs doesn't have the best car out there. You know, uh, mm. it, it's and again, it's nothing against his talent level. We've seen drivers go in those JGR cars, and it's. You know, they absolutely stink up the show or they run bottom half of the top 10 and are not competitive whatsoever. So, like, he has the talent. He's running like Kyle Busch does, you know. I'm, I'm going to be really interested, though, when, you know, he has a car that's the same as the other cars, you know, or, you know, or at a similar level or maybe below some. Like, I'm going to be interested how he would overcome that because, let's be real, we all know whether it's next year or the year after he's more than likely going to the cup in the in the next two years. It's happening. Three years yeah. at most. I I think someone even suggests that Truex might get Kenseth in a way. Oh, he very well could. He yeah. he sounds very unsure about it. He sounds like Matt Kenseth did in 2017. But no, I think Joe Gibbs Racing they should put Ty Gibbs in a Cup car next year if, if at all possible. Because the longer we wait with this next gen era, the I, more time all these I, other drivers are going to mm, get experience with I it. Think, and like the Xfinity cars are just so different now. I think if they can do it. Get a fifth number eighty one for a few races. Well, put him in a twenty three eleven car. Yeah, 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 something, yeah, something like that. Kind of like like twenty thirteen. Like I think Elliot they, Sadler was in that car. They they can they can run him in five races for Joe Gibbs Racing more for Denny Hamlin. I don't think can they do a, I don't think they can do a fifth car with Joe. Not Gibbs a fifth of uh, not a fifth right. full time. Not a fifth full time. I, I don't think no, they can even do like part time anymore. Wait, no, 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 no. I'm saying they they could run him in, in five races. They could do that, right? I'm not sure I, they I still. They might. I don't think they can. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't remember that rule changing. But I know that's what they did with like Elliot. So yeah. I, I feel like it changed in the last two or three years. But yeah. well, it, either way, put him into a basically Joe Gibbs car with 2311's yeah. name on yeah. it. Yeah, but I'm really. Yeah, I agree with you, Jared. I'm. Re- I am very interested in seeing because like when he gets the cup, he's obviously not going to have the best car in the field anymore. So I'm really interested to see how he would run in the midfield and how he would race others. I'm really curious just how he would mature emotionally mm-hmm. and mentally. Cause I think he's, he's getting there talking to him. You know, he talks about how he deals with criticism and everything and how he's learned to overcome a lot of that and deal with that better. But I still think, you know, if he goes, if he goes into cup next year and goes winless as a rookie, like, is he going to get down on himself? Is that going to kill all confidence? It like, shouldn't. It really it shouldn't, shouldn't. But he is so young still, and he's never dealt. He's never had to overcome that. He's won just, half of his Arca starts, half of his K&N starts, a fourth of his Xfinity starts. He's never just, lost. I, <laughs> you know, what I, happens I, when he does lose for the just, first time? Personally, as long as he's in the best cup equipment, he, he's actually been one that we know of this. He's been very high on the next-gen car and what it was bringing, and he was looking forward to driving the next gen car, so it'd be hard to see him not get one, maybe two wins as rookie season. I but if he, he's never he's never driven the next gen car, and all these other guys are getting a whole year in it. So that's why I think they should get him in the next. I kind of I kind of wish they'd gotten him in the next gen car this year. I know he needs a full expanded season to really get experience and stuff, but like. I just feel like the longer we go, the more time Logano, Keselowski, these guys are going to get experience in these they, cars that they, Gibbs doesn't have. They should find five races this season and get him in there. Yeah, they I, should I get him. So. Yeah, get him in there ASAP. That, you know, that might make more sense as to why 
at least according to what we were saying at the end of last year, why they kind of rushed Harrison Burton up into the Wood Brothers car, even though that car wasn't going to be taken by Austin Sindrick. Yes, to learn. Yes, to so learn the car. That 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 does make a little bit of sense. Like even though, like let's be real, Harrison Burton has not been good whatsoever. He's still <laughs> getting that seat time. Like, and he mm. needs that. And, and he would be that year behind that Ty Gibbs is yeah. going to be Her- if he even comes next year. With Harrison Burton now being in the Ford camp and actually r- running the Hunt Ritter's pizza car or pizza truck at Dirt Bristol, you know, I'd actually put, throw his name being with Ford. You know, we would say Ryan Priest is going to replace Eric Amarola, but Harrison Burton might even be a guy to watch out for to replace Kevin Harvick down the road. Maybe. Yeah, but when it, when it comes to this next-gen car, though, I mean, like, back to the old Ty Gibbs thing and stuff, you know, like, Ross Chastain had mentioned, like, you know, something that helps him is getting as much seat time as possible, whether it be in another series or in the next-gen, in the, uh, in the, um, the next-gen car. So, you know, Ty Gibbs, like, I feel like, you know, if, you know, the whole worst-case scenario with him, if he were to run full-time in Cup next year, if he doesn't score a win, I think at the very least he would still be a playoff driver, a guy who could at least point his way in, you know. and But, you know, if things don't go his way, yeah, Eric, I do agree. It is going to be very interesting if he'll have enough emotional maturity to, you know, to deal with these issues and to figure it out. Because, yeah, I mean, up to this point, I mean, he's won in everything he's been in. You know, like, when we first had him on the podcast, I mean, he was dominating in the Arca series. And then all of a sudden, you know, boom, he's winning in his Xfinity debut and I don't think any of us expected that to happen at the time you know he never ran a trick race but he doesn't need to yeah exactly so yeah well and and you know if we're gonna stick with young drivers here I want to point out you know Sam Mayer this past week uh just kind of sticking in this vein Sam Mayer won the dash for cash by finishing third Mm -hmm. and he's looked pretty competitive you know when he's not ended up getting crashed. I, I, I don't, I don't know the 2020 stats for Dash for Cash, but this also made five consecutive Dash for Cash races that Junior Motorsports has won. Wow. Yeah, that's I mean, right. I had said last year in 2020, I was like, okay, just give this guy some time. Just he's, you know, let him get some more starts under his belt. He's going to get better and stuff. And yeah, you know, there were parts of, you know, last season uh, uh, during the, um, the 2021 season, we were like, dang, like, like he just he can't finish a race yet. But then you see some glimpses of talent, you know, for example, at the Charlotte Roval where him and Ty Gibbs, they were battling for second there at the end, you know? So, and, you know, this year he's put up some, some solid runs. And then obviously that third place finish, that was his first career Xfinity series top five. And he happens to win a hundred thousand with this. So that's a, overall a pretty good day, you know? And, and now we're going back to a Martinsville where, well, actually, actually, no, no, that wasn't his first career top five. No, I'm sorry. It was his first top five this year, but he finished fourth at Martinsville last year. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So yeah. So it's like either, I think it's second or third or whatever it is, but the point is he's, um, you know, coming off of a third place finish, a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. And now he's headed to a track that he is familiar with that he did run at and a track that he finished in a, uh, a top five at, and in a, a car that was basically like, you know, it was like, it looked like it was like solid in half, man. It was basically almost all gone. You know, he was involved in the wreck earlier and he was able to drive it back up front. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that Sam Mayer is going to be like a championship contender all of a sudden, because to be honest, I feel like Noah Gregson and Ty Gibbs are the two clear favorites so far this season. Mm-hmm. But I really think that, you know, if he can, you know, continue to be strain of runs and stuff, maybe, just maybe he could be in the conversation for perhaps a championship four appearance. Maybe, maybe. We'll see. I- I think it's going to take a little bit before then because he's he's done better at short tracks. But mm-hmm. I, uh, I I want to 
I would really like to, to point out uh, two people who were really good uh, in this race and deserve a shout-out. One, Ryan Sieg showed up and was actually in the top five racing for a while. Uh, and then Parker Retzlaff yeah. got a top ten in his second I think, start. I think that's that's the iRacing guy, right? I think that one's in the Coke series, isn't he? That uh, one plays into his driving style a bit better. Yeah, and hey, you know, I saw a few people on Twitter after that after that top ten run be like, "Hey, where's this guy's full time ride?" You know, I want to see him. At, I want to see him run some more races. But I mean, yeah, to get a top ten in that car though, that's if, that's still great. If he can get a sponsor, I mean, yeah, it seems like I can put him in the eighty eight for a race. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, and competitive equipment. I want to see. I want to see what he can do. But yeah, I mean, hey, potential's there. See. Who said that Richmond was boring? We took we took over an hour to talk about. Yeah, it. it's not that bad. We do that every week. Somehow, somehow we we could talk about marble racing for an hour. We'd make it work. Yeah, don't even get me started. We stretch it out, dude. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, hey, that's. I mean, that's I, I think we even got hour conversations out of the uh, pro invitational series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember those days. Oh, oh yeah. I don't want oh, to remember those. Thank well, God. <laughs> uh, something really memorable, though, uh, just about every show every week is you guys in the chat. Mm-hmm. You guys are awesome and help fund this show. And so, does somebody have the stopwatch ready? I can do it. Yeah, give, me, give it three minutes. Just give me a three, two, one. I'll start reading them. All right. Ready when you are. I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one, go. First one from Lord Voldemort for one ninety nine says the dark the dark lord will be at Martinsville booing Kevin Harvick. Oh, here we go again. I told you. I don't you. think he'll be alone. <laughs> Kevin that. Harvick memes are bad. Uh, Groovy Goose, thank you for four ninety nine says Groovy take. Don't mind Gibbs move. At least he didn't wreck Nemechek and had him mm-hmm. end up in twentieth. Uh, not saying Nemechek likes it though. Spin the UFO. Gotcha. Uh, looking at Stephen D for $10 says, this is for Eric. Just want to thank you for getting me back into NASCAR. I was out of it for a while and stumbled on your channel when I was going through some rough times and your videos helped me. Thank you, Eric. That. Oh, that's very kind. I, I appreciate that. That is awesome. That's cool. Um, Alex D Piazza, I think is how you say his name for $5 says two questions. One, what are each of your personal dream cars? And two, will any of you be at Dover this year? Keep up the great work with the podcast. Uh, so quick, Dreamcart, uh, Steve okay. Run, let's go. Lambo. A, a NASCAR Gen 4 stock car. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have one. TRD Pro Tundra. I don't know why, but I've always loved the way the 2007 Monte Carlos looked, especially mm. the Monte Carlo SS. Uh, you, would you wrap it like a race car? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> as far as Dover, no. But strangely, I really want to go next year for some reason. Yeah, I, we won't be at Dover. But I won't be at yeah, Dover. Maybe. Um, we got a little backlash from last week here. Uh, Isaac for the 199 says, hashtag Ratatouille is the best Pixar film. <laughs> well, no, it's like second. It's, third, not, but, it's but, one of the best. I, I, got, I, I put myself in the doghouse with not only Eric, but also my girlfriend for saying that. So. Oh, there he is. There He's he still is. here. He's back. Did, did you have to watch the rat movie? No, actually, I didn't. I, I, that I, sounds I, like you lost. No, I, I talked my way out of it. Um, that, that's a that's an L. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think I think this is a complete win. Uh, Alex <laughs> Alex Viviero says three things are guaranteed in life: death, taxes, and the Fox pre-race show being horrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jar Jar, I gotta do my. 
Uh, Jar Jar Binks here for four ninety nine. Here we Misa go. Misa races Friday and Saturday gonna be moy moy cold. Misa gonna ah, ah, screw it. Misa gonna <laughs> be there. Misa gonna boo doo doo head Harvick. Misa think Jarrett wants to meet Misa. Yeah, I'll meet you, Jar Jar. Just I'll uh, meet you. But you gotta do a Layla, perfect Jar Jar voice, like you, and lay off a Harvick. Like like okay, don't walk up and say who you are. Just say it in the voice. Just say hello in the voice, and he'll know who you are. I I, I will immediately know. Uh, yeah. Avatar Cora here says, the Avatar issues a statement stating the Avatar will be at Martinsville. The Avatar is looking to, well, you spelled booing. I'm going to assume you said booing the hypocrite and your boy, Kevin Harvick. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. Well, uh, I hope I meet you, Avatar Cora. We'll read the rest of those episodes of the show. It was funny because, like, the, the uh, right before we went to Super Chats, the Super Chat tab completely disappeared on my uh, um, YouTube thing. So, YouTube, yeah. come on. Yeah, Stop we'll messing to, up on us. We'll Gotta to go to that one page. Yeah, we'll get to the rest at the end of the show. Uh, but we also have to thank our sponsor for this week, Lionel. Uh, the lightning round coming up is brought to you by Lionel Racing, the official diecast in NASCAR. You can order the new 2022 diecast of any driver, your favorite, least favorite. Maybe you'll order a Harvick one. Now at LionelRacing.com <laughs> or any Lionel retailer. For instance, Walmart is where there's a lot of them. And uh, guys, what do you guys have this week? Let's start off with Eric, because I've never seen a Junior Buzz car like that before. Liquid Color 2004. Hey, it's not an 07, but here's a Monte Carlo for you, Jarrett. Hey. Looks pretty snazzy. I mean, I, I, this is one of the only Dale Junior diecasts I have, and when I saw it in Liquid Color, I had to scoop it up, because that, that almost like a ruby red just looks, it looks delicious. Yes, it looks nice. Um, mine is from 2008. I've always loved this uh, this car of, of tomorrow's scheme of his. His um, inaugural season with Hendrick Motorsports, his 2008 National Guard Chevy, almost won at Richmond um, in the springtime, but then Kyle Busch happened. But hey, you know, it still looks good nonetheless. I always forgot how loud those wheels are when they get rattled around on those winter circle Oh, could, could you hear them? Yeah, I, I, can, I can hear them rattling. <laughs> oh, that's uh, I've also... We're, there's a trend here dell jr this is the last car i got to see him race at martinsville fall 2017 the gray ghost car and this did not have the monster energy logos on there for obvious reasons and i was able to add those through a guy who makes stickers for them to make it more authentic and cool thing about authentic they keep the since it was at martinsville where he drove this they took out the right side passenger window nice see that, that, that happened with mine right here uh for his richmond car from last year the uh, United for America Unilever car. Uh, this was, of course, raced on the, I believe, 20th anniversary of 9-11 was last mm -hmm. year. Really awesome to see that race in person. Um, and it's one of the cars that is on my, uh, is now slowly but surely becoming a bucket list of being at every Dale Jr. race. And, of course, yeah, got to do it. Yeah, got to do the bump draft kit. Bump draft. <laughs> I don't want to break my camera, though. So I'll only do it once. <laughs> But yeah. really quick, so like, Eric, you're out of the loop again. The last time it was the Tony Stewart diecast. This time, where's your junior shirt? Where's uh, your junior shirt, bro? Hey, opening day is, I think, tomorrow for most teams. So, yes, I'm, I'm wearing Oh, wait, Astros. baseball's back tomorrow? Yeah, baseball's back tomorrow. And for all hey, you hey, haters, hey. it should, should have been back already, though, right? It's just like a week late. But for all you haters, I saw some of y'all in the chat cry about it. <laughs> <laughs> But how many how many World Series though? How many World Series? They've been to three of them. That's a couple. They've got three okay. Okay, tennis. that's not bad. That's not bad. They'll win. They'll, they'll uh, win how, how many of those actually counted? 
At least two of them. Let's not get into this. Let's not get into this right now. Let's not do it. Hey, okay, back to the subject at hand. Alex, who? Junebug's racing, baby! Woo! That's right. Yes, well, thank again, thank you to Lionel for sponsoring the NASCAR weekly podcast every week. And I think, Darian, do you hear that? Do you hear it? I I think I can hear it. You want to hear something? You all hear it? It's the lightning round on the NASCAR weekly podcast. Jared. What do we have on tap for tonight? Not your mic. It, that I, wasn't on. I, I, I wish it didn't break because you sound like you you reached new levels oh, on that one. Oh man! Wait, it, can y'all still hear me uh, normally? Yeah, yeah you reached into your okay, soul okay. and pulled that I did. One yes, I did. I did. But Jerry, what do we have on tap for tonight? Well, we actually have some uh, pretty good stuff, at least on the Tennessee front. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee has proposed a state budget that includes $17 million on renovations for the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway alone so that it can help lure NASCAR back to the track for NASCAR. Oh, yeah. So Let's go. Things are coming together. Yes, Where things are. have not come together in a long time is Chicagoland Speedway. But Joliet and those working at the Chicagoland Speedway are actually keeping up in the track, hiring staff, and are actually in open discussions with NASCAR on a return to the track if they're going to be serious about coming back or if the plans with the Chicago Street Course fall through, which there have been no updates. This is from their local uh, news station. Please, uh, please make it happen. Something that I know is going to become an issue, but I'm going to say it here anyway. Uh, there will be only advanced paid parking for the Enjoy Illinois 300 at Gateway. I don't know why you would enjoy this state. It's not good. It's um, not good, man. And you won't enjoy this state when you can't enter the track because you didn't get your prepaid parking. So get prepaid parking. Tell all your friends. Oh, tell anyone you know okay. going. Okay, I, I just want to know because I'm I'm still struggling to figure it out. Because like at Bristol Motor Speedway, there are parking places that aren't owned by the Speedway. Mm-hmm. Is that the case here at all? Well, it's Is in the Hopefully. Like there's it's stuff is built around the track. Like actually, you can see it from the interstate. Like one part of the track is actually flanked by like three or four different interstates flying through. Whoa. So hmm. it, it might be difficult to find different places unless it's a parking well, garage where they're probably charging more. Hopefully something's available because not that's that's but that's an odd strategy. I just want to say it's, that. It's, I will say it's not, it's not that expensive. It's only twenty bucks per day. So yeah. I just I wanted to say that because I know that we're probably going to run into another Nashville Super Speedway uh, fiasco. <laughs> yeah, um, this place I, holds double capacity. My Ruby Goose says, "Enjoy Illinois more like Fire Festival." <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my my thing is they just they're not going to get the word out enough of it. That's all. No. Yeah. Well, something that it is is good to talk about here is uh, Rick Ross now is in possession <laughs> of a Jimmy Johnson COT car, and he did spun the thing out. Possession of, yeah, dude, he has like his own farm and stuff, and now he has a NASCAR. Yeah, he has his own farm, bro. He owns like cows and stuff. Like, did cows. you just call it? <laughs> yeah. Did you, Darren? Did you just call it a NASCAR? Oh, a stock car! No, no, I'm not a real NASCAR fan. Oh, I called it a NASCAR. I'm sorry, guys, but yes, he owns a stock car, a stock car. <laughs> Well, and uh, fun <laughs> this one is funny because a lot of people our age didn't know this still existed, but Yahoo is actually partnering with Toyota <laughs> Racing Development uh, and has announced a multi-year agreement, including primary sponsoring schemes with Toyota-backed teams like JGR, KBM, Venturini Motorsports, and uh, Keith, is it Kuns? Keith Kuns. Keith Kuns. Keith Kuns Motorsports. Uh, so Yahoo will be around a while. So yes, it's, it's, it's around. such a, it's such a thing. Such a 2000 sponsor. 
Yeah, I mean, really the purple car looks nice. Looks pretty clean on Bell. But remember, remember Yahoo. They they sponsored a Bush Series car back in the day. Yep. Tina Gordon. I remember that. Tina yep. Gordon. That's right. Yeah, that's and a fun trivia fact. Finishing this one off, uh, I know that Eric likes this. Matt Kenseth has been added to the class of 2023's NASCAR Hall of Fame ballot. Yeah, you, you better be a first I, ballot. I watched him riding that midway. He was very happy to ride that. You, you better be a first ballot. I had, to, I had to throw that in there. No, I, I think it's funny that they kind of like sort of bending their own definition of the rules and moving mm-hmm. him up like a year so that likely next year, Jimmy Johnson and Chad Kanowski <laughs> voted in together. Well, Fair I, enough. I appreciate I think, it. I think they're going off of 2020. He had no plans to be full-time. He was more of a relief driver. Ah. He, he, ran, he ran like the whole schedule though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Let's be real. This is NASCAR. When have they not played fast and loose with the rules? Yeah. Yeah. They, they this is an instance where I, it's harmless and I'm happy about it because it gives Kenseth the chance to go in on the first bout which i think he deserves hopefully he hopefully they vote him in you just never know things get wacky gets political but i hope he gets voted in well, the, I first mean, time. I, the talk this week about the logano incident like, yeah I, I did a video this week because i just thought it was interesting hearing like guys like bob pockris who he's not explicitly saying this is going to prevent him from voting for Kenseth, but just him mentioning that he thinks that it could be considered by the voting panel that the logano incident might cause people to wait a few years to vote. Oh, that, that, I, I don't I don't know how widespread that that idea yeah. is. I hope I, it's not. I would just, not let one bad few weeks in 2015 affect a career of yeah. accomplishments. Like, yeah. guys, like, guys, like, there have been drivers that have done, like, you know, worse, too. And I they're just, in I all, love, like, I, yeah. I, 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 oh. We always go back and compare this, this to it, but I just find it so funny how, like, everything around 2012 and 2013, controversy-wise with Jeff Gordon, just gets swept under the rug. Yeah! Like, I'm just going to ignore the fact that he, like, basically did an attempted murder on Clint Boyer at Phoenix. We're going to ignore the fact that he was unjustly he, added to the playoffs because it was unfair how he got He was first ballot, though, too. Yeah, so... Yeah, it shouldn't affect when, him. When Kyle Busch is ultimately eligible are we gonna just say no because of what he did to ron hornaday in 2010 yeah said a weird press culture we have to hold everything people did 20 years ago against them Ugh. but no matt kenta's first ballot and if he's I mean, not then i, 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 I don't know to tell you. i appreciate but, you guys saying that but, i think without, fans with, can vote go to nascar.com and vote just to ensure that he at least gets <laughs> one vote for the hall because you don't understand gordon had a break issue well hey hey more wouldn't ever kyle larson is elsewhere are we gonna hold 2020 against him uh no i, I hope not i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know hey hey, hey, hey he's gonna win more yeah. races first so I don't know, he's yeah. a champion i guess if, what if larson doesn't win any more races is he a hall of famer he's got like he's a hall of famer oh, yeah okay. he's got like how much hold on i actually have this I have this actually on my phone. I can tell you how many wins Kyle Larson has because I think it's like it's more than seventeen. It's more than ten. Fourteen, I think. Fourteen uh, or fifteen. Kyle Larson currently has seventeen career wins. He's oh, tied wow. with Marvin Pan oh, okay. and Curtis Turner, and is ahead of guys like Ernie Irvin, Chase Elliott, Tim Richmond. Well, that's not uh, Donnie Allison, Clint <laughs> Boyer. Um, He's know, a Hall of Famer. He's, he's, he's right behind he's, guys like Neil Bonnet, Jeff Bodine, Harry Gant, Jesse Kane, and Ryan Newman. Del We're Jr. not in the Hall of Fame yet, but Del March Jr. is a championship. Del, Del Jr. finished with what, 25 wins? Uh, 26. He finished with 26. 26. Yeah. So there is a, right there, is a ch- there is a chance if Larson does what he did last year, he could, pa- he could tie or pass Jr. this year. Yeah. 
I think it's going to be a long time before we see a 10-win season again. Like, yeah, it'll be a while. But but anyway, that was uh, that was the lightning round. Conclude <laughs> 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 the lightning round on the NASCAR <laughs> Weekly Podcast. We from, and now, back wait, to the show. We went from Darren to a Slipknot song to Out of Breath. That was, that we was guttural. We heard, we heard this, Darian. I was trying to be a slutnaster. Oh, that's way better. <laughs> that's a that's thunder way round. better. Why have you not been doing this all along, Eric? Yeah, <laughs> Eric. Yeah, you should have you do it from now on. <laughs> uh, what I can do is talk about our other great sponsor, Forney Industries. They've been with us longer than anyone. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers, all the way professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. So be sure to check them out at ForneyEnd.com. It's down in the description right below my, my head here. Or, or you can look for them at an authorized Forney dealer near you. Look for that green Forney logo. You'll know you're in the right place. Well, guys, there is uh, one big thing happening this week. Martinsville What's hot that? dogs are on the menu again, baby. Nice. I've never nice. had one. Are they are they all yes. cracked up to me? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I thought I thought you've been to a race in Martinsville. I have not. No, this would be my oh, first okay. trip out. Dude, they're freaking awesome. Like, dude, like me and Jared, we missed the start of the race. Like, what, what was it? The first seventy laps to go. No, it was like the fir- it was the first twenty-seven. Like. Okay, it's twenty-seven. Only, okay, okay. I've only been to one Martinsville race, and I do regret not buying more. Dude, yeah. I bought nine and I stuffed them in my bag. Nine? I, I slapped yes. I slapped thirty bucks down. I was like, however many this gets, which was fifteen. I'm like, just just give me the whole. And they're worth it, bro. They're worth it, dude. And I paid twenty dollars for flavorless nachos at Phoenix. <laughs> <two years laughs> that's, dude, that, dude, that's hey, not, what? I, I didn't. I was not about to try it, but at that uh, NASCAR refuel trailer at the clash they had martinsville hot dogs for nine dollars oh, <laughs> it's because yeah. it's an exotic food out there See, I, I'm, I, I was like i was like i bet if i buy this it's not even a red hot dog there's nothing martinsville about it it's Dude, just a hot get, dog you can get See, four for nine uh, bucks so okay I'm not, i don't really like hot dogs to begin with i don't really like, hot dogs are fine but they're it's, that good. They're that I don't like hot dogs, but I like Martinsville ones. It's the color that makes them unique for some reason. They, they, what are they taste like purple. No, red. they're like very red. red. Oh, mm-hmm. purple is my favorite I, color. I don't like the ones that have slaw on it. I just like the one that's like chili and onions. I love. I love, I, I love them. Yeah, I love where they put everything on it, man. It's great. I'm just I, I, dog. The, the way that we've all been hearing about different stuff is it, is it going to be three dollars adjusted to inflation this year or we just <laughs> we gotta stick with two no i'm kidding three for uh, dale <laughs> it should be two um yeah the only thing i will tell people that are going to martinsville if you've never went before and eric i'm, I'm just gonna tell you this now live uh like darian and i talked about the lines are super long it's an old school place mm-hmm. If you're gonna get your martinsville hot dog get in line an hour and a half before the race so you can catch the green flag yeah, yeah. They, they're that long. I'm but telling you, it's again, long. it's worth it because people like me or, who buy in bulk and hold up the whole thing. <laughs> I haven't had the chance to be in the info for Martinsville yet, though. So if anyone does get that opportunity, I've heard that the line is nowhere near as long for the one that's in the infield. Yeah, the infield hot dog stand. Yeah. Okay. Yes. No, they actually have a. They, if I'm not mistaken, they might not do it anymore. But the teams I know at one point had it where there was a like a chalkboard. And they would keep track of what person ate the most hot dogs in a weekend. And I think like the winner one year got like forty three or something in a weekend. 
I Joey can't. Chestnut, my gosh. Do they, yeah. like a, do they have like a hot dog cannon? They fire him into the stand. <laughs> I wish. That'd be dude, cool. I wish. Yeah, they should do that. But it, it, it's good. It, it, the thing I love about Martinsville, and I've always said this uh, to anyone that I try and talk into going, is that it has the same feel as a high school football stadium as well as the same feeling as a professional stock car racing track that NASCAR fans are used to. It's like mm-hmm. a perfect mix. Like you feel it's you feel like you're at home. <laughs> but also like don't make the dumb mistake like I did last year and not bring like headphones or earplugs because like it's such a short track so like you constantly it, hear it, the engine. In any short track you need headphones. Oh I that, yeah. That and it, it was get, nuts. Get there also get there early, not just for the hot dogs, but for the fact that it's like parking they only accept cash at parking, whether it's <laughs> they're in the parking. stone age they're so in the stone age bro. bring cash hey. and get there early for parking because mm-hmm. there's hey. a lot of traffic i'm reading the chat i think our good friend hot piss is on a good hot take here martinsville isn't shaped like a paperclip it's a hot dog yeah ah yes yeah you want to look okay. at it that way yeah. anyway anyway i just I, I love those hot dogs i love martin i love everything about this track i'm sorry mm-hmm. this is my favorite track hands down Anyway, I'm gonna go kiss the wall where Logano hit in 2015. <laughs> first thing you I'm should go take say. a picture with the free race. Go down to a free race. Just, just post it without context and see. Martinsville Speedway. Yeah. I am in you. I'll channel my. <laughs> Yay, that, yes, That's yes. going on uh, context, uh, Cherokee stuff l- tonight. <laughs> let's let's not say that because then you're in the hot dog. You're in the wiener. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's get let's get to talking about this weekend, shall we? Um, the truck race this weekend is the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 200, which, of course, is 200 laps. It starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on FS1 and is on MRN. Uh, the weather for this, well, 63, kind of low clouds, cool, 25% chance of rain. So by Martinsville standards, not bad. Uh, the defending winner of this race was, well, the fall race, I should say, is Zane Smith. He was the last winner at Martinsville. Now... The Xfinity race name is a weird one. It is the Call 811 Before You Dig 250, powered by Call811.com. <laughs> Got to get your money's worth. 250 <laughs> laps. Starts at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on Friday, FS1 and MRN again. Uh, the weather for this one, 62. There's going to have afternoon and evening showers. 61% chance of rain. But it was honestly a worse forecast earlier in the week. So, could be worse. Uh, and then the cup race is Saturday night. The Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 400, not 500, 400, uh, will be 400 laps, 100 laps shorter than the last year. Uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time is when this baby starts. On FS1, again, remember, FS1, not Fox, FS1 and MRN. FS1. The weather for this one is looking like 54 degrees Fahrenheit with partly sunny, a little cool early in the day. 25% chance of rain, which is a lot better than yesterday, where it was an 81% chance of rain in the uh, forecast. Guys, if I could just make a comment here, I mean, it makes no sense for Blue Emu to sponsor two races this weekend when they already had a truck race and then they have a cup race too. I mean, what's the point of this? This is an F1. <laughs> <laughs> well, Martin Truex Jr. won last year. <laughs> and, uh... That was so not subtle, Danny. <laughs> Oh my God. No comment. No comment. It doesn't make sense. Darian, what what about the betting odds this week, man? What are we looking at? If you know, you know. But no, to the Darian's betting odds, the famous betting odds on the NASCAR (laughs) Weekly Podcast, the favorites for this weekend's 
Uh, oh, what's the name again? Uh, Blue Emu, <laughs> maximum pain relief, 400. Got it right. Uh, the top five favorites in the betting odds. Martin Trix Jr. enters this weekend as the odds-on favorite at plus 550, uh, 550. followed by Chase. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, followed by Chase Elliott in P2 at plus 700, Denny Hamlin plus 900, tied for P3 with Ryan Blaney and Kyle Busch rounding out the top five at plus 1,000. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, as far as the best of the rest are concerned, I wanted to include these first two because I was surprised that they weren't in the favorites category. Kyle Larson and Joey Logano are also tied with Kyle Busch for the for the uh, fifth place spot at plus 1,000. And I was like, wow, like they have them at plus 1,000, you know? So, And then also Alex Bowman is plus 1,400, and he's the previous race's winner. Uh, you know, he won the, uh, the previous race at this track, so... Um, that's a good little one. As for the underdogs, this is very interesting to me. Ross Chastain enters this weekend at plus 1,600. So, I mean, like, with how he's been performing, I mean, it's not a, a bad line to take. Kevin Harvick enters this weekend at plus uh, at plus 2,000. Brad Kozlowski, plus 2,500. Chase Briscoe, plus 3,000. And they did this driver a little bit dirty, dirty in my opinion. Daniel Suarez enters this weekend at plus 10,000. Like, I get it. Like, I know, like, he hasn't have a cup win yet. He's kind of iffy on some of these tracks, but... He's driving for track house and track house. I mean, they're doing pretty damn good this year. And I'd say for source of standards, he's doing pretty good himself. I don't know. I felt like they could have showed him a little bit more respect there, but Hey, if you want to take uh, advantage of uh, baby of uh, Vegas insiders uh, odds, then hey, go ahead and do that. Now, really quick too, before we move on, let's go over the top five in the NWP fantasy league. Um, well, first and foremost, foremost, I'm sucking again. I'm P 56. So I'm just way, way down in irrelevance. But meanwhile, the top five Trevor sports, 98 continues to hold on to the points lead, uh, followed by Dawsonville Siren 9, RGP Racing 2, UGR2, and Jets 48 rounds out the top five. So the top five has remained the same pretty much ever since the season has began. So you have to be really consistent to win this thing. But yeah, thank you guys so much for playing. And speaking of points here, when we come to the pick points, I see some people worried in the chat. Uh, don't worry, you still have the points lead. You have 124 mm. total points, but it's tightening up up front second is eric he's only three points back and darian is now only nine points back i'm there i am 27 back so i still gained a point at least on y'all and then danny is minus 36 uh so we're all i guess still within one race like any of us could still get the points lead but let's be Mm. real the three up front are really the ones pulling away right now um and i will say this though i have picked now four consecutive xfinity races Hey, you're on a little. You should give yourself but, a point for that. That's that's yeah, that's, right. that's, yeah, but that's even with that, you you keep joining me in the basement more well, and more like, each week. I, I I was wondering about that. I'm like, man, why am I why am I not doing so well, and why am I closer to Danny's basement than you know being out outside and at the top? Danny's we still what? have a long season. Danny's the, basement. The basement. <laughs> and I was looking at it, and my average. Uh, cup pick is like an 18th place average finish and then uh, like, the average pick i have for an xfinity driver is 2.9 wow <laughs> it's like a, a complete difference but anyway uh let's get this started eric lead us off with the truck winner who do you think's gonna win I, the truck race i wish i know who the chat was gonna pick i yeah. i feel like there's two or three pretty clear front runners on this I'm going to go with William Byron. He's in the seven truck. Uh, does it have HendrickCars.com colors on it? I believe 
I, don't, I, I, ne- I never saw it, but I'm assuming it does. He's in the seven truck um, Spire, Spire entry, but I think it's going to be a competitive truck. This might be going out on a little bit of a limb, but I just feel like he's a great short track racer, and uh, I just think it's going to go well for him. So William Byron's my truck pick. I'm going with Chandler Smith. After that whole fiasco at the Atlanta Super Speedway, you know, him almost winning, but then, you know, his teammate not helping him. He's going to be fired up to win this race. So Chandler Smith. Guys, I keep picking this one, and it keeps biting me in the ass, but he's good enough every time to win. I never can bet against him. Kyle Busch. I got to go Kyle about, Busch. I was about to say, did you guys even read the injury list? Kyle Busch for me, too. I assume, and the chat's picking Kyle Bush. Yeah. I was between him or Byron. I figured the chat would go Bush, and I'm a, I'm taking a swing at him. I'm, I'm going to take a swing team. as well. Yeah, I already have a I already have a gap. I might as well take some risk. Well, me and Jared down in the basement, we're going for safe bet pick on that one. I, I just <laughs> go with what uh, that's what I did last year. I went with whatever my gut trusted, and it helped me. So I need to get back to my winning ways. Um, so looks like we got that set up. Uh, Eric, who do you think is going to win the Xfinity race? So I do want to give a shout out to Jeremy Clements. He had a top 10 run here last year, and I'm excited to be a, have a small associate sponsor deal with the team this year, uh, this weekend once again. So we're kind of running it back to an extent from Las Vegas. That was fun last fall. Didn't get the finish we wanted. So I thought, you know, it'd be fun to be a part of the team once again this week and, and give him a shot. And, and like uh, you'll see an interview with him uh, later this week. But as we talked about earlier um, this week, he said his goal is to run near Dale Jr. So it gets lots of screen time. <laughs> hey, no, that's smart, that's smart. I do want to give Jeremy Clements a shout out. I think he's going to have a solid top 10, top 15 effort. But my pick is Noah Gregson. Ooh, nice. Hey, this guy's on the street. He's shown that, hey, the last lap, he'll give you the bumper when he needs to. Ty Gibbs. So I have a tradition I do every year as well when junior races and I pick him. And that doesn't work ever. So I'm not going to. <laughs> he's been good. Where did he finish last year? 14th. No, that was his worst. I think that was yeah. his worst run he's, yet. He's but... steadily he's been going down. Like, oh, the no. He's getting older. I fully expect it. I'm just happy to watch him race in person. Mm-hmm. I'm not picking Junior this year. I hope he wins. I hope I'm dead wrong. Uh, but I want to go with some sort of common sense with this one. This guy was absolutely incredible in this race last year. Uh, he had a, a lesser car, no offense to Jordan Anderson's team, but a lesser car than a JRM car, and he still was running in the top five. Uh, and I think that with a JRM car, with a team that is better than the team he won with last year for the most part, I would say, or at least maybe the same, but in general, things have improved for this driver since this race last year. I am going to go with Josh Berry as my pick. Uh, so... Finishing the top three, at least, knowing my picks. Mm-hmm. Riding the field. I was also saying Barry. I'm not going to be in the basement this week because Danny's <laughs> picking the same people as me. <laughs> yes. And uh, looking at the chat right now, what do, uh, what, what do you guys say the consensus is? I'm seeing a lot of Gregson's personally. I see I see a lot of Gregson. It's, but it's, it's, it's been a lot of – it's been Gregson, Gibbs, and Barry. It's kind of fluctuated as we've made our own picks. They kind of, like, chime <laughs> in. How many? Um, uh, how many can I put into a poll? And we'll just roll with that, and then go into. That. Uh, you, you can do at least three or four. I think you do three. I think you can put the mm-hmm. fifty-four, eight, and nine. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. I'll just uh... answer me. Poll. 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 We'll put poll, and then I'll just put uh, <laughs> what was it? it was uh, Gregson, Barry, Gibbs, and, and Gibbs. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put the numbers. Yeah. All right. And it's out in three, two, one. You, poor Spotify listeners, you don't get to vote on the poll. Yeah. But uh, if you watch live, um, 
no, no there, there's someone driving their car right now Gregson, Gregson, Gregson. <laughs> well we'll find out in a bit anyway who is gonna suck this week eric <laughs> Uh, for the cup race, oh, that's a yes. tough one. I actually didn't think that far ahead. I was focused on my win pick. Um, I don't know, 23-11. Oh, no, no that, I can't say that because that goes against one of my other picks. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like the 23-11 is kind of a mess, but if they put a full race together, anyway, I, nah, I think um, – I was shot in the dark. Cindric, I don't know. He hasn't you – know, he's been fine, but I feel like he's progressively become less and less noteworthy since his Daytona 500 win. I don't know. I'll go Cindric. I was about to go with Cindric too. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, he's had some decent runs and stuff, you know, like I, I felt like after he scored um, uh, the pole at auto club, like it's been kind of downhill ever since, but I mean, he hasn't been like terrible, but I just don't think he'll necessarily, you know, do, you know, good this weekend. So Austin Cindric. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with the guy who uh, is at a plus 10,000 betting odds. There's a reason he is Daniel Suarez. Mm-hmm. Did not run very well last year uh, at either Martinsville race, so I think he's going to be doing not too good. And for me, I'm saying Brad Keselowski. The bad season continues. Uh, what do we think looking at the chat? Honestly, it doesn't really it, it's, matter. I can also tell you your poll is looking like uh, they're going to fuss in Josh Berry. Yeah. looks like Custer. I see four different Custers. I'm surprised. Actually, five. Let's go with Cole Custer then. Yeah. yeah. And that's for the poll, yeah. I think Josh Berry won out there. We need to keep track of. Do we keep track of every week? Because I feel like the chat picks Custer to suck every week. Uh, every I other week they do. After the show. I feel like it's I mean, frequent. It, it's it's sad to say, but it's such a easy one to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the chat, and it's not even us. It's the chat. Last year it was Almarola every week. This week, yeah, it's, it's, Custer. it's Custer. Yeah, sorry, bro. <laughs> All right, chat. Your Xfinity pick is Josh Berry this week. Now, who is the cup? dark horse this week so this is why i was i, I kind of contradicted myself a little mm-hmm. bit but i'm going with bubba wallace i do think 23 is kind of a mess they've had parts break kurt bush hasn't run very well this year but he's snuck into the top five a couple of times i think this could be bubba wallace's best chance to do the same thing i know he did a daytona obviously a great super speedway racer but he has won a truck race at martinsville in the past i think a top 10 is certainly on the table and i hope he gets it. i think he's a great shot He's won twice here, actually, in trucks, I think. Yep. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. 2013 and 2014. Um, so, yeah, my uh, underdog pick has, in my opinion, done pretty good for being a rookie driver and driving for this team. I'm going to go with Todd Gilliland at a, track, at a short track like Martinsville, you know, where you need to save your stuff or whatever. I think he could rally that car inside the top 15. I, I feel it. Uh, this guy's finished in the top 15 in two of the last three Martinsville races. I think that uh, I think he'll be, again, a top 15 driver, but possibly a top 10 driver. I'm going to go with Chris Busher this week. I think for me, I'm thinking about the clash a few weeks back, and that's probably the most similar track that we've seen to Martinsville. And I'm going to say Ty Dillon is an underdog here to maybe go out and get a top 15 finish. He, you know, Kind of won that one, but, you know, got aggressive. And, but yeah, I, I think Ty Dillon will be my underdog for this one. Yeah. Uh, well, the chat was looking like Bubba at first, but, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are putting different ones. There's so a lot of the joys as well, which is kind of cool. There's a lot yeah. of sevens, yeah. I, yeah. I, I would say, though, overall, it looked like there was a lot of Eric Jones 43s when I scroll up a bit. Yeah, there is. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to roll with that one for you guys. Again, no points, so yeah, no big one. Yeah, no, no big they, one. They'll probably do better for Eric Jones anyways. But yeah. this pick portion of the show is about to be for points. Who's going to win? 
win? Who's gonna win? Yeah, Mike lasted. At yeah. Martinsville. Did? Nice. Yeah. This is a tough one. I feel like Martinsville's always been a driver's track. Great drivers can overcome mediocre cars to run up near the front. And even though this is a completely new car, I still feel like the, the best short track racers, the guys who are usually good at Martinsville's, the Elliots, the Truexes, I, I think they're going to be the ones up front. I think our new winner streak ends this weekend. I think William Byron not only will win the truck race on Thursday night, I think he will also win the cup race on Saturday night. So I'm on the Willie B bandwagon for this weekend and this weekend only. Byron wins it. I'm, right. I'm picking a Hendrick driver as well, but it's not Willie B. It's not Kyle Larson either. And sorry, Danny, it's not your boy Bowman. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. He is finally going to get at least one victory for all four of the Hendrick Motorsports cars. Um, I think it's about time. You know, at Richmond, obviously, he was like, you know, off the pace from being a winning car and stuff. But hey, Martinsville, he's proven he can win here before. He's proven that he's uh, really good here. So Chase Elliott is going to win. That didn't work too well for me last week. I'm going to go with the guy. <laughs> Who's the odds-on favorite? Uh, look out, Truex fans, because my picks haven't been too good this year because he's my driver this week. Martin Truex Jr., I think, is going to win the cup race um, because he didn't win the last Martinsville race, and it seems like he wins every other one or mm. at least every couple. Uh, and I think Truex, you know, arguably had one of, if not the best car last week as well at Richmond. The short track program looks to be pretty good, so Truex seems like a good bet. I'm kind of thinking similar to Eric in the sense that I think the truck winner will also win the cup race. I think back to the clash, while Joey Logano did win, Kyle Busch looked really good. I think Kyle Busch gets it done this weekend. Uh, and then when it comes to the chat pick, it looks like it's like between uh, – MVR owner keeps putting a bunch of 24s. I see you, dude. Like, <laughs> You're you, not there. You, you can only 24s. put one. There are other 24s, though, but, yeah. I know, and I, you have I, the blue check mark, so we can see you. You, right? you, you stand, stand out. You yeah. stand out. You're the easiest person in the chat to see, dude. <laughs> and he's um, still playing, though. Too. I, I appreciate okay. Uh, uh, okay, he's, he, he, he stopped all of a sudden. Okay. okay. Right. Well, I, I, don't I also know. see a lot of true X's. I see a yeah. lot of 19s, it's, 9s. As much as it would hurt me with the point stuff, it is looking like true X. Yeah. Like, I mean, do we want to do a poll or no? You're free, feel here. free to do a poll if you poll, want. Poll, uh, a poll if you want. What is between Truex and, and Byron? Is, is, it, yeah. is, it, is it time yeah. for poll? Poll? Yeah. Is it time for poll? Yeah, let's do a poll. All right. So I I, I could not commentate a, a qualifying session. Congrats to Alex Bowman. He's on the poll. Poll? <laughs> I don't know. I think the chat's good. The chat's going to change up because they know Eric picked Byron, so they're probably going to pick Byron too, so he doesn't. I think we picked different truck and Xfinity picks. Didn't they? Yeah, they picked yep. Bush, I picked Byron, mm -hmm. and then I yeah. picked Gregson, they picked Barry. So I could still, we could, there's going to be some jostling up front this weekend. Yeah. All right. Poll is up. Uh, we'll let that one stew for a bit, and then, uh, and then we'll we'll pick it up later. But for True, now, Truex is off to an early lead. Yeah, yeah. I kind of figured he was going to, but. We'll, we'll let that one roll through as we get to uh, the final bit of Super Chat here. Uh, where did I start uh, step off on? Was it... Uh, was it... Oh. No, yeah, okay, we, we talked about the window upstairs and Ryan. So, okay, we got that. Okay. Uh, so, finishing off the Super Chats here, Kyle Hart, thank you for the 199, says, Hey, guys, uh, can we get Jeff back all year next year? I mean, he'll, we can get him probably I, for... I just want 
I don't think that uh, Sev Ryan and Bay Area Bugs would let us have him that much. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh you're talking about you're talking about Jeff Body. You know, I thought you were yeah. talking about Jeff Gordon in, in the uh, Boofers. I'm like, I was no, like, wait, no. <laughs> no, no, please no. Absolutely not. <laughs> no one's asking for that, Darian. Okay, thank right. you. PTM Billy, thank you for the ten dollars super chat. It says take it from a Kyle Bush fan. I'm not saying that his team did the right thing, but something that small come on. It was described as a big piece on the radio. Maybe a little bias on that. Yeah, a rule's a rule, even if it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, necessarily yeah. a great one. Uh, Andrew Meyer, thank you for the $5, says, if the Hall is loosely interpreting their own rules to include Matt Kenseth on this year's ballot, then it means he's going in with his respect. Uh, I hope so. Respect. <laughs> it, 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 it better. Uh, Kyle Hart, thank you for the four ninety nine. Says, "Hey Eric, sorry to say, but Ratatouille is my least favorite Pixar movie." Oh, hey, have you that. seen only like two Pixar movies? Then, like, <laughs> uh, while it's not my favorite, it's also not my least favorite by any means either. Double uh, O Music says, uh, "Spending my birthday surrounded in tornado watches, playing oh. NASCAR Heat, and watching the podcast. Love what you all do. Y'all got Happy me birthday. the NASCAR during COVID. Happy birthday for the win. Yes." Half, uh, for the win on Friday, uh, yeah, happy birthday, man! And thank uh, you. We're, I can speak for all of us. We're all glad that uh, we helped you get into the sport. Thank you, uh, Alexander Gamerson for two Canadian bucks says, uh, "Are you guys gonna do a fan mail again? Uh, maybe one day, but probably not anytime soon." Uh, Isaac, thank you for the one ninety nine. Cole Pern for the booth, uh, if he wants. I think he's doing oh, right now. that that would be interesting though. I would he's like to hear some Yeah, uh, like hot piss. Thank you for the 199. Says I'd love to see Gus Johnson do a few races. Yes. Oh, hey. Yes. That'd be cool. Uh, That'd be cool, bro. Lord Lord Voldemort for the 199 says the Dark Lord thinks Fox is bordering on TNT bad. <laughs> TNT did get some pretty bad years. Um, they did. They had some good moments. They did. There but, he goes. Um, Turnpike. Thank you for the 199. Says week three of calling Eric a goofy goober. See y'all soon. Uh, let's see 2008 dodgeful for two dollars says are you guys gonna going to bristol dirt danny and i are and yeah i'm going there and we'll be as well that's right yep um sly supersonic thank you for the five dollars and eight cents people hate ty gibbs because he has the potential to be kyle bush 2.0 in rowdy Mm -hmm. nation we call him beast mode jr we'll have to get a verify on that uh, a Bush soul Gotta get that Skittles deal soul. back. Yeah. yeah. Hey, my grandma uh, left a twenty dollars super chat. It says, "Great to hear how you guys uh, got together." I told her the story of how we got the podcast together. Oh, oh cool. okay. That's a good yeah. one. Hello. Uh, Chips never nine fifty seven. Thank you for the five dollars super chat. It says John Harnemichek gets a win taken away from him by a teammate, and somewhere Chandler Smith smiles. <laughs> he was probably hey i don't think chandler smith was too uh yeah he was like yeah oh well so be it <laughs> uh ptm billy thank you for the two dollars says braves in six uh okay uh, i like i like the braves but yeah i mean we'll Ex- be back alexander i lost freddie freeman come on now <laughs> alexander Ga- uh, gamerson for the canadian two uh pick an era to race in gen four cot or gen six gen four gen four Gen 4. The sport was just so big back in those days, man. Gen 4. I, I'd, I'd say COT, actually. I, I got, I kind of like, there's a couple years I didn't watch that much, and I got back in towards the end of the Gen 5, um, and racing was pretty good, I thought, pretty consistently. So, I, I don't know, that's a tough call. I'd say race the 2011-2012 COT, though. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 
Uh, Jomlowski CR, thank you for $2, says Ricky is 28th in points. Should he be doing better? I, I think so, personally. Wait, Ricky Stamps Jr. is 28th in points? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's had an awful Oh, so far. yeah, he should be way better than that. Come on. Uh, Lord Voldemort for the 199 says, The Dark Lord encourages you to look at the lows. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Jar Jar <laughs> go build a shelf. Jar Jar for one ninety nine gave us his uh, his seat and section. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it that. I don't like reading. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't we don't want to say that out loud. All, but thank you though. With we all due respect with that. Um, Gordon the Big Engine for five dollars says after my trip to the Indy five hundred, I may be going to Loudon or the Southern five hundred Darlington. Who knows? They can right. they he can fit there. Gordon's a pretty big engine. Uh, look. <laughs> This is this is a good name. I like this one. Local neighborhood Ritz dealer says was open for you last night, Darian, watching Enter Night in America stream. Oh, Came so close you, at Dega before you, you absolutely saw, oh, yeah. biffed it. You yeah. saw that? You saw the block, yeah, dude. It was oh, it Darian was bad. tried I was for for those listening or who didn't see uh, last night, Darian tried to block across six lanes at once and it didn't it didn't this was it this was this like seven to go i was racing clean up to that point i lost my head what did i say i've only won one of those nr night event i want to win another one it's it's been so long but yeah no that was stupid and i i rightfully um got uh dragged um in the broadcast by idk yeah. so <laughs> uh groovy goose thing for the 499 says if you won multiple grandfather clocks would you all uh, would you all set them to one time zone and then they chime at once or do you set them to different time zones oh, i'm assuming they chime every hour so they yeah, that doesn't yeah. make no sense. Yeah, um, it don't matter. I put them in a circle. Wait, wait, stand right in between them. Wait, just take it. The way a clock works, it, it does like a certain amount of chimes for every hour it is, so it would be a little off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Napa Racing Fan 927, thanks for the $2, says, uh, what will NASCAR's TV deal look like after 24? We talked about it before. We'll probably talk about it when it gets closer to that. But Yeah, please. Uh, <laughs> Blue Jimmy 48 fan, thanks for the $2, man. Says, can't wait to finally see y'all at Martinsville. Well, I can't wait to meet you, man. Yeah. Um, see stuff two gaming. of us. Yeah. Double stuff gaming for the Canadian Five. Sorry, Eric, but go Braves. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I actually like the Braves. Like, I have family that loves the Braves. I used to go to Atlanta all the time. The first MLB game I remember going to was a Braves game at the old Turner Field. So I didn't mind losing them last year, but. The Astros will be back. <laughs> they always, they always are. Uh, Sly Supersonic for five. Thank you. Says, hey, would you guys want to get NRF on the show? He's pretty good. Uh, if he's willing to come on, yeah, I'm willing to. Talk yeah, to him. yeah, why not? Uh, Ryan Williams for one ninety nine. The Incredibles is the best Pixar movie. I can agree with that one. I, I don't think. Thank that's you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> you guys bring a tear to my eye every time. <laughs> um nova stone 12 for two dollars says interesting that four of the five drivers in points have zero top threes um and then last super chat it looks like for the night from kevin stallman for five dollars will any of you be visiting dover i know the racing isn't your liking but still it's my home track for me maybe you, one you, day i know danny said he one day you, you didn't read that all the way he said dover international speedway nobody will be visiting dover international speedway all right, all right, not Dover International Speedway, Dover Motor Speedway. Yes. Yeah, I, I would like to next year. I don't know why. Yeah. Just suddenly hit me like I want to go to Dover next year. Uh, okay, we got two more here. GN, thank you for the five dollars. Says if people hated Richmond Sunday race, 
then they are really going to hate North Wilkesboro if that track comes back. I prefer Rockingham. I will agree, North Wilkesboro races more like Richmond than it does yeah, other true. short tracks. I think people people forget. Uh, and then Atego's Raven for two dollars says Fox needs to improve their broadcast or leave. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I'm cool with that, yeah. I'm cool I, I'm not yeah, I'm not gonna argue with that. And uh I guess we you know it got closer, but I, I really think, even though it is 54 to 46 right now, I think we're looking at uh, a true X. Ex- well, 53 to 47. Good lord. Hey, they're catching up, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, we're they're, they're just out of time. One second. Yeah. Uh, Napa Racing Fan 927. Go Dale Jr. Hashtag Junior Nation. <laughs> hashtag Ratatouille is overrated. What have <laughs> I begun in this? Oh, Lord. No, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the poll here. Uh, we had 212 votes on it, so I think we're we're pretty good on who we're picking for this yeah. one. And in the poll now, Martin Truex Jr. is your pick, chat. So you're picking the same one as me. Oh, hey, man. Deal with it. Oh, what? man, they picked the same one as me in every freaking Oh, race. yeah, that's right, that's right. Hey, chat, we're, me and Eric, we're closing in, though, so hey, y'all better. Yeah. So, so, so if I gain any spots this week, it's because of uh, Eric and Darian's picks sucking. Mm-hmm. And let me down, Byron. If I gain any, it's because me and Jarrett are riding together until a cup race. <laughs> I like the other white cast in the chat. Jarrett has provoked a gang war. Yeah, on Pixar <laughs> movies. Pixar <laughs> war. <laughs> oh man but uh yeah i think that'll do it i think you know we got the mm. super chats got everything down um so next week we're gonna be yes. on darian's channel April 13th at 8 p.m eastern time uh and we're gonna go over everything from martinsville any news that pops up and getting you ready for bristol dirt which hopefully this year will not be rained out um, please don't yeah please I, re- I, re- I would really like to I'm, I'm seeing this in person and stuff and then i saw footage of the next gen testing it feels like i feel like the next gen was built for dirt bristol I it feel looks like. that's faster what, it looks fast excited. yeah the, the um, car was actually hanging out sideways versus while i was there they were it looked more like they were doing a regular bristol line it was just on dirt okay so yeah so hopefully this race is good but please no weather fiascos yeah and eric and i will be at martinsville so you see us? You see us? You'll, you'll, you'll recognize them. They're the ones overly bloated from Martinsville hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Eric, are, are you going to get nine, though, like I did? No, no I don't think so. I don't oh, you should. Now. You say yeah, that you, now. You, you, after they, one, they, they are very easy to eat one really fast. So Yeah. yeah. We'll see, man. All right, you're going to want multiple. I'm I'll never you. say never. All right. I think we're good. Oh, I almost unplugged my mic. I think we're good. Um... That'd be bad. That'd be bad. Just, just talking in silence. Yeah, that would be bad. Well, uh, but Eric, would you do us the honors? No. Oh, <laughs> every week <laughs> we get on yeah. Darian. We gotta start getting on Eric. There we go. It was your thing for the longest time. Well, in honor of Dale Earnhardt Jr. making his annual return to the racetrack, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the Dale call. The Dale call. <laughs> like the way you whisper that into my ear. <laughs> Well, you got some of it. Bye bye. Goodbye. Green and green. Holy moly. Take off. Yeah. Guys. Thank you. Hell yeah. Great job, man. And we got a crash. Car spinning left and right. Buddy, let her rip. Rain like hell, baby. Come on.
Oh my God, guys! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! You guys are the best! Yes, 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 yes! Oh, what a year! Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.